Part of our preparation for watching Becoming <laughs> is involved. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That should be enough. That's much better. Yes. Do you want me to fill your glass as well? Yes, please. Our new intro is just going to be pouring scotch from now on. Or schnapps, as the case may be. I had schnapps. Yes. <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will actually be drinking schnapps um, come, come episode Anne. No, wait. Not Anne. Um, episode... <laughs> Pretty. Yes, it's a pretty dress. <laughs> uh, episode uh, 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 Dead Man's Party. Yes, yes. <laughs> a st- a st- <laughs> the pretty mask. Yes, the- <laughs> Death becomes it, <laughs> which is a hilarious movie. Oh, yeah. If you have not seen it, that's uh, that's a nineties movie. Yes, indeed. Yes. So shall we? Shall we actually launch the episode? Yeah, I think we should just, without further ado, because we've we've had a lot of ado. We well, well, I'll do <laughs> we- the. We started at breakfast six hours ago. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Well, let's, let's say hello to the gentle listeners, shall we? And do our hello. whole spiel. Yes. Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Dodgers Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and swears ahead, so if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. This time, we'll be discussing Buffy Season 2, Episode 21, Becoming Part 1, wherein Angelus demonstrates once again that he is really smart, but also really fucking stupid. Kendra, Slayer of the Vampires, breaks the first rule of slaying, and off-screen in Boston, the next Slayer is called... <laughs> Ta-da! As always, I am Jen, and this is Snard. Or Michelle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are the sisters, Tuckett. Indeed we are. Yes. And can I just say, if you're not on Facebook or coming to our website, please do. They're groovy. Yes, they are groovy. Uh, we just came off of a bit of a dry spell. Um, this is a few episodes away from the dry spell. But yes, uh, I was in training at my work, and it was incredibly difficult. <laughs> I mean, the the best comparison I have uh, was OCHEM. Yes. Yeah, that's the best comparison I have to how much I had to learn. That was tricky. Um, I needed to enlist Dad to help me with OCHEM. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I audited it because I didn't want to get a grade. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it to affect my, my already poor GPA. Um but uh, yeah, that's the closest comparison. It was like finals week every single day for five weeks. Um, yeah, so, but I was able to communicate that episodes we are, were or were not coming out. And I was even able to um, to be informed by one of our, our gentle listeners who I love dearly. Hi, Tara. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that I, I almost posted uh, an episode and skipped uh which bothered and be <laughs> Which would be terrible. Which would be episode. terrible. Yes, yeah. that all happened in private message. We do respond to private messages, or at least I do. Um, I don't Facebook. go on the internet. So no, I'm totally yeah, kidding. She's totally <laughs> on the internet all the time, but not in the capacity of uh, of Facebook. I kind of so, flake out with our yeah. stuff. <laughs> it's okay, but I write the recaps, man. Yeah, you write the recaps. There's so much on our stuff. Um, we might take a small hiatus in a week after this. I was thinking we should take a week off. Um. Well, because we'll we'll be a mess after yeah, going yeah. through becoming part two. Yeah, we need to cry and oh, drink for a week. Oh, right. Um, that that is one thing. Um, we, normally we do. Um, <laughs> normally we do. Uh, as you know, uh, listeners, uh, we do. Um, if we have a part one and part two, we try to squash those in one episode. That's not going to work this time. No, no that is not going to work. Nobody has time for a ten-hour episode. <laughs> right. And we don't. And there's no way that we could give you the quality content that we love to do yes. if we did becoming part one and part two <laughs> in one sitting. We would have liver failure. <laughs> 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 we would be in the hospital jaundiced and unable to record. 
It's true. So we're breaking this up yes, uh, into two been... recording sessions and two weeks yes, for two one weeks, for each because episode. Because really, nobody can handle both of these episodes in one week. I don't care who you are. We just watched them back to back, and there's we're on like our, our third or fourth uh, uh, round of, of drinks. Yes. Of beverages. Yes, yes indeed. We discovered uh, a pecan flavored. Is it toasted pecan flavored oh, whiskey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and mm-hmm. that in coffee with mm-hmm. uh, they have um, cinnamon roll Oreos. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had them yet, they're like Teddy Grahams. That was a good meal. <laughs> that was lunch. We've got Chinese coming lunch for later. Champions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we make a day of this, people. We make a day. Um, yeah, I think that's all the business we have this time. Yes. Oh, I do um, have I do have a movie recommendation. <gasps> movie. Yes. Um, if you like the Buffy sense of humor or our sense of humor, and if you're listening, you obviously do. Uh, you must watch what we do in the shadows. Um, our mom had me sit down and watch it. Yes. And <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime, which is where I saw it, and I'm sure a bunch of other places. And it's about vampires, and I laughed until there were tears. So many. Th- it was. It's so funny. That's awesome. It is so great. My phone just made noise. How rude am I? Oh my god. You're... Oh, <laughs> this would be my pedometer saying, bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> Why aren't you walking around? I'm watching Buffy. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I have one of those Fitbits that tattles on me. <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah. all fine. Yeah, so uh, we would apologize for our splitting this up into two weeks, but we're not going to apologize because... No. It's no. It's I mean, a it's... lot. It is so much work. And then we still need to catch up on all of our blogging that we were going to do. Yeah. Um, Both of our works have been a little crazy. Yeah. It's been crazy and uh, and life's just been interesting, but we are still coming at you as often as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. We will not disappear, I promise. Um, no, I hate that when podcasts disappear, like you love them and then they go poof and they, they never come back. Yeah, they Kaiser so say it's not cool. Yeah, I know it's not cool at That's all. not okay. We promise we won't do that. I don't, I don't anticipate any more hiatuses unless we plan them, but I was thinking we should take a week off. Yeah. Um, after these two episodes to regroup and get a very special episode together. Oh, on the, and, oh, um, on the, the Greek stuff. Yeah, because yeah. we, we need to start covering the Greek stuff. The hard. mythology. Because I think the show has finally realized they're actually doing it after season two. Yeah, they were kind of doing it, like maybe yeah. remembering some stories that they had heard. Yes, and, well, and yeah. Miss Edith, I believe, is a nod to Edith Hamilton, who wrote the seminal work <laughs> on, uh, on mythology. And as one of my English professors in college said when somebody used that in her class, you know what that, that means, yes. right? <laughs> it will forever be a joke for me. Uh, <laughs> Especially kind of seminal. funny coming from yes, seminal, <laughs> seminal work. But she she wrote the book on mythology, and I actually avoided reading it for a long time, um, partly because it's Greek mythology, and I had very little interest in that. And so I went off and studied things that were useful, like Maori mythology. Yeah, super <laughs> useful, you guys. Fin- finally, Disney made a, a movie. I was able to say, oh, good. I'm glad I studied for this. Um, Wheel Waiter and Mona. That's like the only things that I've been able to use this for. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So you should go out and get that and read it. Um, because it is phenomenal. And she's actually, she wrote it like a book. Like, it's not these really dry stories. It's actually talking about it like they're people. I appreciate that. But I'm pretty sure everybody who was on the uh, the writing staff had that just sitting on the shelf. And so when it came time to name Miss Edith. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. That and the whole, you know, Lot's wife connection is just kind of like nail in the <laughs> coffin. Or, you know salt on the wound or whatever you want to call it. Yes. And our, and uh, no, I think it would be good timing because our, our, um, what our most obvious, most clear, um, Greek hero is going to be showing up soon. Yes. And this is, I <laughs> uh, see it's because of that showing up. It's because of what happens when Wesley comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, even the very end, like the, the final battle is incredibly Greek in nature. I think this is where we really start to enter that, um, very explicit, 
Greek mythological space. We started with, uh, with passion, mm-hmm. um, and Giles, but we're going to, we're really going to get into it now. Yeah. Oh, and I, I just want to say it's a travesty that Eliza Dushku was not invited to the Buffy 20th anniversary thing. Yeah. And, and Alexis Denisoff was, he was in like nine episodes and she was in how many? He was in all of Angel. It doesn't matter. It's just a Buffy. No, I agree. If you're going to invite him, you have to invite her. No, I agree. I'm with you. It's, it's, just, it's just, I mean, the, the, the funny part is for me, Faith was left out of the group again. <laughs> <laughs> what does she have to do? <laughs> she saved Angel's ass. Like, she saved Buffy. Like, what does she have to do to get in the group? I don't know, man. I it's, don't know. It shows you that life does not really change and people do not really change after 20 years. <laughs> That's very true. But she did basically get her own show after this. Uh, well, true. I mean, yes. it didn't last that long because... Fox. The excellent dollhouse. I've yes. started watching that a little bit. And it's, it's pretty good. Fantastic. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, we have to do that one eventually yeah. because there's so much well, stuff. And, and it will be pretty quick because there's like two seasons. Yeah, but seriously, mm-hmm. why did you not invite Faith, people? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you ain't got to leave Faith out 20 years later. <laughs> I mean, not only was she on a ton of episodes, she is one of the most important characters we have on this show. Mm-hmm. She is the barometer for everybody else. If you wonder, like in this episode, if you wonder why Angelus is doing all this, you go look at Faith, and Faith will tell you exactly why Angelus is doing all this. Yeah. Like, you, you wonder you what Buffy's mind space is at any time, mm-hmm. you go and look at what Faith was going through at that period. You know, she predicts Buffy's future. She's a huge like, antagonist yeah. that drives Buffy, then also kind of Buffy's girlfriend. So, like... Yeah. No, I'm with you. I have I have absolutely no rebuttal. I'm completely with it's you. It's horrible. Yeah, I've try I'm actually trying to think of a rebuttal as we're here and I can't even think of like a funny one. Yeah, leave Faith out again. <laughs> <laughs> She's still not part of the group again. That's how uh, life is, I guess. I know. <laughs> they brought in Michelle Trachtenberg. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I gotta tell you, gentle listeners, it's gonna be so fun when Dawn gets here. I have been hating on Dawn Snart. all day. <laughs> Snart has so such Dawn issues. I've been hating on her all fucking day already. Like she's, she's like two seasons away, and I'm already bracing what? myself. Well, I know what it, I know what it is too. It's because you were the younger sister. See, I was the older sister. And still am, of course. <laughs> Much <laughs> older. Um, hey, so <laughs> we both got carded for liquor today. It's true. I felt really uh, happy. <laughs> um, so, so the thing is, I mean, I, I grew up with a younger sister, so I see Dawn's behavior. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what little sisters do. See, and I'm, I grew up as a younger sister, and I'm like, sisters don't do that. <laughs> right? Like, she's see, cause such I, cause a I, little Because I just grew up learning, like, what? It's a little sister. You just kind of roll guess, with it. You yeah, know? I guess. I don't know. Like, it'll be fun to talk about that, but, you know. Well, and I'm, I'm a lot harder on Buffy than you are. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the older sister thing. That's true. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a little bit easier on Buffy. Because right. I'm like, well, I get it. You know? Because you, you're like, but she's the older sister. She has so many responsibilities and everything. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, fine. girl needs to pull it together. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Those will be really fun. But, but I don't hate Buffy as much as you hate Dawn. I know. <laughs> I love Buffy. I don't think many people hate Dawn as much as I hate Dawn. <laughs> I don't think she never should have been added to the show. I think she's a really interesting part of the show. That doesn't mean I don't hate her guts. <laughs> I hate her as a character. I hate her as a character. I don't regret her existence. <laughs> I just, I wish so many other things had happened to her <laughs> than did. She's a bratty little sister. It happens. She's the worst. <laughs> All right. I'll oh, save it. I'll save it. I'll save Riley's it. the worst. Okay. No. <laughs> you got to throw that douchebag into the mix. Hey, you said the worst. I immediately thought of Riley. Okay. But you know what? She liked Riley. 
All right, fair point. When he comes in, everybody else is like, oh, that guy. And she's like, hey, you. Hi. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, but she made him feel like an asshole a lot. Inadvertently, but it was well, great. Yeah, but it's only inadvertent. <laughs> Come on now. I wonder what she was like with Angel. You know, in the, in the redacted yeah. version. Yeah, because we never get a glimpse. We get a little glimpse of what she was like with Faith. Yeah. When Faith comes but back. The it's... only way we know that Angel and she ever even connected mm-hmm. is when he, he calls. Right. Like, and says, hey, yeah, uh, is Buffy there? No? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think... And that's like it. Yeah, I wonder what she would have been like. But she, Buffy hid Angel a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe she didn't know him too well. well. She was probably standing in the door saying, I'm telling mom. Yeah. <laughs> see? Snark hates that. I can't see your boyfriend in the mirror. <laughs> I'm telling mom. Why don't mom, you date- Buffy's dating a vampire. Buffy, why don't you date Faith instead? She's so cute. <laughs> she's my friend. Oh, no. she's totally- She would have been even worse about the whole coming out thing. <laughs> I think she would have dug faith, though. I have evidence, too. All right. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. That's a while. I've just been, I've been hating on Dawn for like hours, guys. <laughs> I'm all warmed up. <laughs> Got to get it out of my system. So we'll get an excellent point counterpoint when Dawn shows up. We really will. These will be long episodes. <laughs> Speaking of long episodes. Uh, shall we get started with I this very we, long yeah, episode? We're, we're doing that thing like we did with with passion where we're like stalling yeah with this one the next one we're going to stall a lot <laughs> yeah. yep all righty yep. for some reason i got preemptive tissues <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes i do sometimes i mean this one kind of i mean kendra yeah kendra i love kendra we didn't have it we, we barely knew her so we open in galway ireland in 1753 all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on the Galway thing for just a minute. There's a horsey though. There is a horsey. It's a horsey. Um, no, this is good. This is good stuff. Horsey. So I love horsey. There has been some. All right, I'm not gonna harp on the accent work. Some people do it really, really well. Some people don't do it very well. Um, well, and honestly, okay, in in the 90s, mm-hmm. we we didn't care if the accent was perfect. In the 90s, we had Highlander. Yeah, we're we're like a for effort on the accent. We didn't yeah, care. Like as long as you go. And but and here's the here's what's what I find great. Um, part of what people don't like about the way that uh, David Boreanaz's accent is affected, is affected, I should say, mm-hmm. um, as Angel, is that he's a little too sing-song. Um, this is very Galway. He's using a very Galway accent. Um, I know. I've done a lot of research into Galway because the main character of my novel is from Galway. Um, this is also one of the places that, uh, to my understanding, Clotto rings were the most treasured it's sort of where they they kind of stemmed from to a certain degree as far as i know um you know if you don't if you know different please correct me roy i know you're listening um we have a listener in in ireland nice Um, yeah so um that's part of what i think is really interesting because um irish gaelic is kind of sing-song it's it's almost if you listen to it it almost sounds like swedish you know it's good sort of thing it's really a fascinating language and particularly when you get into galway it's one of the most distinctive accents um you can spot them a mile away so um he has that going on so his language coach was or his accent coach was obviously coaching him on a little bit of galway accent Mm -hmm. and also from this episode on he creeps that in David Boreanaz moves that into his character development, and it, especially into Angel. I'll talk a lot about how he works on his diction in Angel. He has just a tiny bit of the sing-song of an Irish accent and sometimes the Irish pronunciation. 
as he speaks as Angelus and Angel. And it is elegantly done. Like, it is so subtle, you don't really pick up on it. I noticed it the very first time I watched Buffy. Mm-hmm. I thought I was imagining it the rest of the time, and I started picking up on it this last time. Um, but yeah, he really brings that in. I think it's really fascinating. So that's my stuff about Galway. And uh, kudos to the staff for not making him be from Dublin. Because <laughs> guess what? There's more of Ireland than that. And we can't make him be from Belfast because, well, that's just political. Um, yeah, actually, I have a friend from Belfast area, and it's... That's oh. heavy. That's heavy shit, man. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. really, just really a, heavy shit. Just a tad. Yeah. Like, he joined the Marines to come to America to get out of there. Yeah. yeah. Which, they've done a good job of repairing it themselves. Oh, absolutely. That is, that absolutely. is really interesting. Yeah. If, you, if you guys ever want to hear about what I know about Irish history, because a lot of people don't know about it, I know a lot now. Um, and if you're from Ireland, you'll just be like, Americans. Uh, <laughs> Americans. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's that's just my little two cents about Galway. I like that he's from Galway. It is a very quaint place. It's very small. Um, oh, especially very after isolated. Angelus and Darla got through oh, with Jesus it. <laughs> um, also, like one guy left. <laughs> also fairly Catholic to my recollection at this point. I would in imagine. Time. I would imagine. Um, you know, they were they held out against the Protestant uh, overlording pretty well. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. And so, if you need to know more about that. I'll tell you. Just let me know. <laughs> so yeah. So there's a. So more importantly, there's a horsey. <laughs> hey, I've been playing Legend of Zelda, and I ride horses in Legend of Zelda. <laughs> this is another reason you haven't seen a blog from me because Legend of Zelda. <laughs> it's really good. Oh my god. So there's a, there's also a voiceover from someone new. Whistler the demon will be guiding us through our episode. Whistler begins with, "There's moments in your life that make you." Uh, that set the course for who you who you're gonna be. Sometimes they're little subtle moments. Sometimes they're not. I'll show you what I mean. Two drunks are being thrown out of a pub. One of them, and the only one we really care about, to be honest, is Liam, uh, Angel's human self, and the third head of Cerberus. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm gonna mess up that one forever. Uh, the three-headed Greek myth metaphor of Angel, Angelus, and Liam. Uh, Liam is telling his friend that he'll go home and steal some silverware from his father, who won't miss it because he eats with his hands. Yeah, so that's Liam. <laughs> <laughs> and what a gem he is. He sure is. I sure do love Liam, though. He's Every just... little bit I see of Liam, I'm just like, you're so cute. And he's really important, too. I mean, He is. So uh, Liam's friend passes out, leaving Liam to chase after a very attractive woman yeah. he spots. I don't know, but, well, why don't you rest, just rest here, then? Like, <laughs> no. It's just this, like... <laughs> Oh. It's, it's a very Irish sensibility. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And, and, and of course, you know, go ahead. Yeah, oh, no, sorry. And costuming note. Um, so we're seeing Liam. He's wearing white and kind of beige tan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so will Darla be wearing white beige tan. Oh, yeah. Because she's innocent. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. We're, and, we're showing that they're connected. Yeah. Um, and then I will bring up this color scheme a few more times. Yes. So, and, of, and of course, as you, as you mentioned, you know, Hi, Darla. <laughs> we Hi, love Darla. you. I mean, uh, whomever could this woman be? Oh my gosh! Uh, uh, and she is. Isn't it fun to see her again? Oh yeah, and the, absolutely. Oh my god! And this her is the scene. This is the scene we were alluding to when we were wondering about the sketch of the woman in Angelus's section of the Watcher Diaries, uh, because Darla sure looks like Sarah Goodfriend in this outfit. She sure does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Very quaffed. Very. She looks good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those boobs. I wish my boobs looked like she that. Got really nice Holy boobs. shit. <laughs> Minor. We, we said while we were watching this episode, I was like, why can't all vampires turn that way? You just get the face and the boobs? Like, hello. Yeah, that's way more interesting. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I get to put my face all in we Julie Benz's cleavage. <laughs> I know. But they'd be, there'd be a line. Yeah. <laughs> Take me. So uh, Darla glances coquettishly over her shoulder, most definitely getting Liam's attention, and walks out of view. The hubris is strong with Liam, which is why it's still strong with Angel, and especially Angelus, and he follows her and his obsession with women to his doom. He tries to hit on Darla in his drunken way, and oh boy, he is so overmatched. <laughs> this, of course, is the second time we've seen Darla doing her innocent gal routine. The first time was the very first scene in this whole show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asks what a nice girl like her is doing in an alley like this. Uh, no, really, that's his come on. Uh, <laughs> dude, she's literally going to eat you for breakfast. <laughs> she is. Well, and I love his turn. He goes from this hubris bravado mm-hmm. to as soon as he recognizes that she's stronger than him, he's so vulnerable he is. to her. He, he is. is. He just opens up and he spills his guts. And it's like, this makes me feel for Angel. They have, they have an amazing connection immediately. They really do. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I feel for Angel from this very moment mm-hmm. because you see... I mean, we've seen kind of the dark Avenger side of him already, mm-hmm. uh, which will become even more. Oh, and yeah. we see we see him being quiet with with other characters and kind of working on his brooding skills. Mm-hmm. You know, we see these little touches of humanity. But this young kid yeah. who was just this ne'er do well and wanted to see the world, and he's stuck in Galway, Ireland, which, by the way, is podunk. Like, there's no trains out of here. You <laughs> right. know, like it's <laughs> especially not back then. Yeah, like uh, there was yeah. you. You didn't get to see the world. You couldn't look at an app. You didn't even know there was a world, you mm-hmm. know? So the idea that somebody with a different accent, this American accent, yep. is there, and all of a sudden you can just say, you know, I actually want to see this stuff. And probably everyone has told him he's an idiot right. up until now. Like, I just... And like, he's and he's bored, so he drinks. I mean, that, yeah. he's just trying to get entertainment. Yeah, he's just restless. Yeah. And my heart aches for this boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and Darla, yeah. I mean... And then we were talking about this when we were watching the episode, too, that, I mean, Darla and Angelus are this... Uh, just as tragic as as Angel and Buffy, because mm-hmm. they once Angel gets his soul and becomes Angel, they miss each other every yeah. time. Darla and they I even mean, try and make it work, just like Angel and Buffy. Absolutely, they try to make it work, and she just can't handle him. Right, and she and I mean Darla and onto Angel's own series, they just they miss each other every time, and it's tragic because I mean mm-hmm. it's vampire love, but they absolutely adore each other. Oh yeah, Angelus and Darla absolutely adore each other immediately too. Liam mm-hmm. and Darla adore yeah, each well, other. She saw him this fighting is, in the bar and knew Oh, this that is love that at first sight. Boy. This is vampire yeah. love at first sight. <laughs> it totally absolutely. Is. Yeah, when she talks to Christina Hendricks, I mean the <laughs> <Yeah>. barmaid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have a thing for Christina Hendricks. I mean, who doesn't? Who does? I mean, please. Jesus. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> she is. Um, but yeah, like it's I I just feel for them. Mm-hmm. I feel for them both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Darla says that maybe the nice girl in the alley is lonely, and her smile says she's got him already. Uh, he offers to escort her to keep her from any kind of harm that might befall one of the most dangerous and manipulative vampires to ever walk the earth. <laughs> <laughs> she comments on how gracious he is and reels him in even more brilliantly by questioning whether he's really man enough. He says that other than actually getting a job, he's good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still true. Oh, Cordy will discover that, that in LA as well. Yes. <laughs> Not so much with the jobs, that angel. <laughs> he just sucks at charging for it. He's he really does. good at working. He just sucks at the charging. Well, he doesn't want to have his schedule though. Like he yeah. wants to do it on his own terms. Yeah, he just time. wants to be his own. Right. <laughs> like his his uh his he's not so much a ne'er do well as he is just a free spirit. Well and that's and that's the awesome part about it. I mean 
everything is here. Mm-hmm. That Liam is absolutely setting the stage for these characters. Oh, yeah. These guys don't come out of nowhere. They all come from Liam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets close to her and says how pretty she is. And for sure, Julia Benz is not any less absolutely gorgeous 20 years later either. No. Uh, he asks where she's from, and she says, as one would expect, around everywhere. <laughs> uh, he says he's never been anywhere, though he's always wanted to tour the world. And she very quickly offers to show him not only the world, but things he's never seen and never heard of. He says that sounds exciting. She says that it is and also is frightening. He says he isn't afraid and asks her to show him her world. Liam, for all his irresponsibility and general drunkenness, absolutely seems to know that this won't just be a normal human sugar mama taking him on a trip. Yeah. He knows there's something different about Darla, something that is truly frightening, but he wants it anyway. He probably thinks she's a fairy. Probably. Yeah. She, does she look kind of, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. she, well, doesn't, and, and she again, doesn't look Ireland. like she's going to be an evil vampire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> again, you know, Ireland. I mean, it's, I've always wondered, again, aside, I might take this out. Um, changelings. Oh, if they're rooted in, uh, if they're, they have well, a little I mean, overlap with the vampires. So, so again, my novel, this starts to overlap with my novel a little bit. So I get blurred lines. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not that kind. Ew. Ew. Uh, the kind with clothes on. Um, so the non-rapey kind of yeah, well no rape changelings nah. yeah. so you know i've always i i kind of rewrote the history of the world with uh <laughs> <laughs> got a hole in your lip <laughs> i was definitely drinking bubbles <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was supposed to be for tears but that's all right you need some snuff. <laughs> Where was I? Changelings. Oh yeah. So I kind of rewrote all of the world as if all the un- the mysterious, unexplained things and a lot of the motivators behind political change were based on vampires. Oh. Um, and so you know, but like a changeling, you have a baby or a child. And they wander off to the hills, and then they come back looking just like them, but they're different. A bit like a vampire, really. Yeah, a little bit. Ask Holst about that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think it wouldn't... He's probably thinking she's a a fairy of some kind. Probably. Like like the fae. Well, they're not nice. Okay, the fae are freaky. Yeah. (laughs) And scary. Yes, but you know. She, but in she case they're be, out there, we really think you're cool, and please don't yeah, eat me. Yeah, Thank she, you. she could be like the Leanne and she, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he would definitely. I think he wouldn't think, "Hey, this is a vampire." He would think it was definitely something part that was part of his culture. Yeah, yeah. That she is spelled like Sid He, by the way, because Gaelic. If you decide to Google this, yeah, S I D H. This is all very she. The yeah, the spelling on that side of the wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um so we we are seeing the, the I mean one of the most important parts of Angelus and kind of angel is here right away. So the very beginning Liam is really smart and really fucking stupid <laughs> at the same time. He has figured out so much just in this short conversation with Darla and mm-hmm. he goes for it anyway without thinking about repercussions. Absolutely setting the stage for these folks. Oh yeah, totally. And uh, Darla will tell him in a flashback to this time in an episode in his own show that um, what we have, uh, what we once were informs all that we have become. And the Willow show is, note. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the show is demonstrating to us that this is absolutely true. Every piece of both Angel and Angelus is in place in Liam. 
Absolutely. It yes. will be magnified depending on who is driving, whether it's the evil vampire demon or the human soul. But Liam is the foundation. You mm-hmm. can see everything from these guys. Yeah. It's so, it's great writing. It is so good. And this is the correct way to use flashbacks. Yes. This and the next episode. And every time we use flashbacks in Buffy. They do it very um, well. In Buffy and Angel, very, absolutely. Very well. Very well. I, I really despise flashbacks that are Road to Nowhere. Lost. Um, Fucking lost. Sorry. <laughs> Many lost fans. I, I know. Well, we're pissed because there was so much possibility. And they dropped like half the, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this is as, as a, as a writer or a screenwriter or a playwright or whatever you want to be. Um, this is the correct way to use flashback where it is contiguous with the story. Yes. We just happen to be telling it out of order. It's, and it's so much better than, I mean, the only other way to do this is to have, Angela sit down and talk about this to Spike oh, or God. something. I'm hey, already falling asleep. Yeah, nope. I mean, t- hey, <laughs> you want to hear about when Darla turned me? No, no, you show yeah, it. <laughs> you show, and, and we get the emotional hits so much more mm-hmm. when you just show us. And it's like, you know, what, like 12 lines of dialogue tells yep. us what we would need five minutes of screen time to do. Absolutely. And we get to see Darla again. Yeah, and we her do. And scary, and we sexy darla yeah, We get to remember how magical she is mm-hmm. to him and what an, an essential presence is missing from his life. Yeah. It's especially Angelus. Yeah. Cause he hasn't been Angelus with Darla until now. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in, in one of the most, what devastating bookends in the <laughs> show, she tells him to close his eyes. He does just gonna drink. And in an alley in Galway, Ireland, she feeds on him and cuts open her chest so he can feed on her. And Liam dies to be reborn as Angelus and later reborn as Angel. And Sunnydale, yes. he died in an alley. Oh, yes. That's so important. This will be so He important. died in an alley for the first time right here. Yes, for the first <laughs> And then, uh, then yeah. he, of course, is, uh, he gets uh, his soul removed in an alley outside of his place. Mm-hmm. And somebody else is going to die in an alley someday, too. Yep. And someone else will also be born. Reborn in an alley. In an alley. There is, yeah. Yep. This is Alleys so are really important. Yes, absolutely. And uh, when I start getting into some of the stuff in Angel, um, yeah, about all of that, that's also really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I can't wait. I know. It's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> in Sunnydale, Angelus watches as Buffy fights a group of vampires. Darla and Buffy are shadows of each other, and, and uh, one in selfish, banal, obsessive vampire love with Angelus, and one in genuine human love with Angel. And let's never forget that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffy is fully give zero fucks Buffy. And as we would expect, <laughs> she is fighting magnificently, dominating all the three vampires she is tangling with. She tells one to give Angelus a message. She says she's done waiting and she's taking the fight to him. She suggests that maybe the vampire needs for her to write a note. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he attacks her instead. So she stakes him and mutters that she'll have to tell Angelus herself. Yeah. So we have a couple call forwards to Firefly, the series, uh-huh. uh, in this episode. And this is one, the... This is the money Nizka gave us. <laughs> this is a little tiny light call forward. In a minute, we'll have another one. <laughs> uh, Buffy wasn't fighting alone for the whole thing, though. Xander picks himself up and touches his head gingerly. <laughs> I love the Xander reveal. The I know. Okay. Which is also setting us up for the Zeppo later. Yes. We're starting to he's see getting, yeah, how he gets hurt a lot. He gets hurt a lot. He's not that useful on the battlefield. Right. Yeah. 
Buffy tells him that he doesn't have to patrol with her. Xander insists that he was doing great until the vampire actually started with the punching. <laughs> <laughs> he reports her tally, five vampires in three nights, and Buffy's just disappointed that Angelus wasn't one of the five. Xander's not sure why she's so motivated, but Buffy says she just wants it done. Understandable, but careful what you wish for, Buffy. You are in the Whedonverse, so everything you want will hurt so much more than you ever dreamed. Yes. Buffy says she hasn't even started studying for finals, and Xander remembers that those are a thing, and <laughs> wishes that the vampires had just killed him instead. <laughs> and Buffy puts a super mega jinx on herself along with the wish, and says that it will all be over soon. 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 Has <laughs> written a note and a bunch of flowers. Yes. Angelus murmurs, yes, my love, it will. How's that selfish banal obsession treating you, sir? Pretty shitty, yes. He's even more dead in this episode. Yeah, than makes he was him want to end few. the world. Yeah, I think he is so dead looking. Mm -hmm. He's super yeah. dead. Yeah. Crazy oh yeah. Dead. Yeah. And uh, some archaeologists are working on a big stone thingy, <laughs> and they have a visitor. Why? It's that handsome librarian and former curator of the British Museum, Rupert Giles. And what an elegant way to introduce our big bad, mm -hmm. our motivator of the big bad, and. Remind us that Giles is more than just Buffy's watcher. That Giles is the shit. Yeah, he yeah. is the shit. Like, he actually knows stuff, and he's known for knowing things. Absolutely. Um, you know, so maybe by more than just human folk. Uh, you know, so I, this is just an elegant scene that introduces so many different variables in what needs to be a tight episode. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so just from, again, I'm going to harp on how amazing this is from yes. a screenwriter perspective. And it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just efficient. It it's is. It's really it's efficient. It's efficient and engaging. You're getting people that we care about on screen in every scene. Mm -hmm. So we're not, you know, getting bored by like, why is there all this backstory? Oh my right. God. Why the backstory? Who's this fucking guy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, who's this guy? I don't, cause we don't care when he dies. No. It's, it's actually made, it's, it's a joke. We turned yes. it into a joke because we don't care that he dies. So we need someone interesting in the scene to motivate that this is actually important. Yes. Um, and also give us backstory on how we'd even know that a Catholic is in Sunnydale. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's just an elegantly done yes. move. Yeah. The head archaeologist introduces himself. I assume he's an archaeologist. I don't really care. Uh, introduces himself <laughs> as Doug Perrin. Thanking Giles for coming. Giles Britishes that he was just flattered to be asked. Giles you were the curator of the British Museum. <laughs> Whatever, Brits and their self-effacing charm. I, I think all the way there, he was like, oh, look, we have somebody from the British Museum. Blah, blah, blah. Because we know that he does all of his mean talk in the car. He rants. He, he rants does little rants by himself. So, and it's called a Giles, isn't it, to do? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure by the time he gets there, he's like, oh, yes, but well, I'm just happy. Uh, I'm just, just happy yes. to be nominated, and yes. And all the way there, he's like, then, then, then. I have a big stone thing. Gee, I bet it's going to end the world because it's Sunnydale. <laughs> you, that was the drive away from the... <laughs> yeah, God damn it. Going to open that fucking thing? Fuck you, you yeah, fuckheads. Like, I yeah. told you not to open it. You're going to open oh, it. Oh, you're just going to open it right up, aren't you? Just let the vampires get it. Great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, <I'm> explain <laughs> Doug explains that Lou Tabor from the Washington Institute recommended Giles as the best authority on obscure relics. They may or may not be referring to the Washington Institute for Near East Policy, which is a think tank that focuses on you know, Near East policy. Uh, <laughs> basically, they focus on American interests in the Middle East. And though the Tomb of Akathla isn't their area of expertise, they would know where to find an expert on obs obscure shit. Yeah. I bet Giles has, uh, has consulted on a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
He's very, very well, his life away from Buffy is very rich, you know. Oh, Buffy yes. Never knows. Yeah, sure. I, well, I, I bet he knows Olivia because he authenticates things for her in some museum somewhere. We're used to. I mean, they're from, yeah. she's from the past when he was with in her. My, so my headcanon about Olivia is that she's an Egyptologist. <sighs> and, awesome. And yeah. they, they met when he was, oh, maybe they probably went to school together and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when he was just a young ripper. Yeah. And so yeah. she knew him as ripper, but she was always like running off to do like digs and stuff like that. So she didn't see all of the dark side of things. And he was always just like, you know, trying to like do the bravado, like, yeah, I'm into some dark shit, baby. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do the, the accent because I've had scotch. Uh, <laughs> it'll just turn into like, my Irish. lips are numb. I cannot do yeah, that. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> You know, so I bet he's, he charmed her the way he does Joyce, right? By being this bad boy. Well, he probably thought that since she's into Egyptology, she must have seen some shit over there that was kind of, and probably. revealed the whole, hey, I know all about all the supernatural yeah. stuff. And she's like, you're full so, of yeah, shit. She's and- over there, you know, like helping out with, uh, with the rock and, um, you know, mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so she must have seen something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the same universe. <laughs> Don't tell me those two stories. Of are course the they are. Universe. Everything um, is. <laughs> crossover <laughs> yeah oh that'd be the best be oh my god um yeah so that that's my head canon for those she's like some you know she's she's any kind of like archaeology you know and so she she comes into town when she needs some information or or you know just happens to need something authenticated by a ripper <laughs> and then they get sexy times then she goes off on her merry way yeah and she's able to write it off on taxes. <laughs> it was a business trip. Because yeah. <laughs> no one just comes through Sunnydale. Well, I would hope not, no unless just... they're running. <laughs> no one just happens into it's Sunnydale. Just to run through Sunnydale. How, as fast as you can, how just good through. must Giles be at sex for her to go all the way out of her way to go to Sunnydale? As good as we suspect he is. Yes. We are not surprised if no. Giles is good at sex. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he can have a job. Boom, Angelus. <laughs> <laughs> Giles is distracted from his avoidance of any kind of praise by the gigantic... Gigant- wow. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you think about him being sexy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Olivia. I was thinking about Olivia. Oh, Olivia. Yeah, I was a little distracted by Olivia, the orgasm friend. Yes. Um. <laughs> And see. <laughs> Giles is distracted from his avoidance of any kind of praise by the gigantic stone block in the middle of the room. Doug tells him that it was unearthed by construction workers outside of town, and of course the Hellmouth attracted a gigantic world-consuming demon like a magnet. Like, of course, <laughs> yeah. Doug admits that he has no idea what he's dealing with, but Giles already has a few theories, though he isn't giving any of them up until he's been at his books. He's taking a good look at the writing on the side of the gigantic thing, though. He asks about carbon dating, and Doug says it'll be a few days until they get the results. He's guessing it's old, though. Good good job, Doug. Yeah, right. good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giles, <laughs> Giles says that it seems to predate any settlements we've read about. Plus, this bad boy was found in America, uh, and even the Native American nations that did have a written language were strictly of the oral tradition until the early 1800s for the most part, and we know that this thing is way older than that. I'm thinking it fell out of the hole in the world. And ended up in Sunnydale. It's it's got an old one flavor to it, doesn't it? It really does. This is very proto Illyria. Yeah, it's very very proto. I mean, and Angelus is going to confuse me later, but 
I mean, if they had discovered well, this deal... we in... can't take what Angela says at face value right, here. Right. He's it's... not that informed. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's stuff about it that gets kind of confusing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if they had discovered this deal in the Middle East, we would think, oh, well, maybe it's from the Persian Empire, right? Right. Uh, but this was found in California. Before the Native Americans, as far as we know, there was nothing as far yeah. as humans. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused by a Catholic timeline and location in general, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he seems yeah. like an old one, yeah, right? Yeah, he seems like an old So I think, this is my thoughts, he's stone. And Illyria mm-hmm. is stone dust. Right. So he has just not decomposed. Ooh. I think Illyria turned to stone, too. I think everything in those sarcophagus are turned to stone. Ooh. But they are not yet dust. It's when they turn into dust that they can infect somebody else. I think he's just... You know, he's just freshly dead as far as well, the old was, ones well, go. Well, he was in the in the tomb thing, so maybe she was out. Oh, I mean, yeah. Somebody that protected him somehow. Yeah, so I mean, she turned into to sand or dust or something, and he didn't. Or maybe the sword holds him together, whatever. But I think they're the, they're of an ilk. I think they are very similar. Yeah, it just has the old one feel. Yeah. Oh, he totally does. Yeah. Yeah, like the idea of something that could... Good, I thought I was going crazy. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm reading too much into this, clearly. He can't no, be an old no, one, right? This but... is... But we, were, we reference the old ones in the first episode. Right, exactly. And I actually I actually have the quote. Actually, I should do the, Ooh, what, do what, the quote. What Giles told us about the old ones. Yes. Uh, For untold eons, demon wa- demons walked the earth. They made it their home, their hell. But in time, they lost their purchase on this reality. The way was made for mortal animals, for man. All that remains of the old ones are vestiges, certain magics, and certain creatures. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just, I mean, when, uh, what other time? But the thing, okay, the thing that confuses me is the knight part. There was mm-hmm. a knight who... Well, we don't say a human knight. Right. I get so confused. We don't specify, <laughs> we don't specify human Well, knights. Illyria had knights. Yeah, she she did. had a whole fucking army That's full true. of yeah, badass she, fuckers. Yeah, and, and they had vampires. They were beautiful. At, or they, yeah, they were pretty at night. They glittered and they stank. <gasps> and Wolfram and Hart was back then, too. <gasps> Ooh. What if Akatha was risen? Risen? Can you be risen? Right. Risen. Risen. What if Akatha was was brought forth? Summoned from the Backspace. Let's just rewrite the sentence. So what if he was created to bring back the old ways? What if he was the last creation of the dying gods to bring the hell dimension back to Earth that they had once lived in? Because we see Illyria... And how yeah. heartbroken she is that it's no longer her home. Yeah. And we see this, you know, it's very similar to Dark Willow uh, in Doppelgangland, right? Vamp Willow? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that Doppelgangland? Yeah, the Vamp Willow, yeah. and she's walking in Sunnydale, and she's, yeah. yeah. and she's yes. like, this isn't fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that. she, that's essentially Illyria. She's like, ugh, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, with a little more um, gravitas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're, I'm so looking forward to Illyria. It's, I love so, Illyria. It's like three years away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I named my horse Illyria in, in, um, in Legend of Zelda. As you I, should. She's the god king of the primordium. Okay, she's she's a really fast, really strong horse that I can't get to go any fucking where, and she's blue. Illyria. She's Illyria. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you're, please, if anyone is playing Legend of Zelda, please just message me. I need to know that somebody else is playing this, because it's so good. <laughs> Info at DiogenesClubPodcast.com. <laughs> Little drop in there. Boing. Um uh, yeah, so, I mean, we see her grief over no longer having what she had. Right, my world and, is gone. Yeah, and if, if humans were beginning to take over the world, if these armies and these vampires and everything mm-hmm. were becoming the new wave, the new thing, 
um, the hipsters, if you will, with their lattes. Um, I was saying demons before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think it makes sense that they would we, they would bring about a demon who could suck everything into a hell dimension again. Yeah. One of the knights put the kibosh on that. And yeah, a reset. Also, it's like a reset button. Yeah, it's a reset the button. Yeah. It is. The old one reset button. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Totally. You know, it's like this is this is a natural disaster, essentially. So he can suck everything into hell and make everybody happy again. Happy, quote, quote. Um, well, and if all the humans on Earth get sucked into hell... What if he, like, disgorges a bunch of old ones from the hell dimension into the world? Oh, so what if it's like a yeah. trade? It might be, because you, it's Toka Coca. You have to have uh, equivalent exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, totally. Like, that would make sense. So if, whatever it is, whatever this is meant to do, I think You mean was... we may have gotten Illyria seasons and seasons earlier? Damn it, Buffy. <laughs> she wouldn't have done well in Sunnydale. She would have been so bored. Oh, my. Spike would have been all over that shit, though. Because, like, well, she later Spike... She would have been able to beat the crap out of Spike so much earlier. Oh, yeah. Well, later Spike, he's like, yeah, okay, I'm tired. But early Spike would be like, yeah, baby, you're yeah. crazier than this one. <laughs> Paint her nails black for her. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I think he's, that's the, anyway, I'm, I'm doing a lot of headcanon in this episode. Why not? Um, but yeah, I think that's he why was, we bought this shit. That's recording that's stuff, you know? Yeah. All this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think he is, he's a vestige of the old ones. He's probably one of the last ones. Um, and this knight, you know, maybe it was a whole bunch of those, these like knights Templar things, probably the same ones that are hunting after glory. The knights, that's, I, that's what I thought too. Oh my God. The, uh, maybe it's the knights of Byzantium. Yeah. Byzantium. Yeah. That's what it is. Templar Byzantium, same thing. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they, same, just, yeah. they just couldn't rip them off that blatantly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they got the same symbols. Yeah, they shit. totally yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think those are, are also like, they're a remnant of trying to make sure that gods don't live on, on earth mm -hmm. to do this again. Um, yeah, so they were killing off all the old ones. They figured out how to do it. They had all these blades. They killed off Akathla to make sure that he can't suck the world into hell, put him in a big stone coffin, buried him in the middle of nowhere, which later turned into California. Yeah. If you guys like this plot, you're going to love my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. It's available eventually from Amazon self-publishing. <laughs> oh, I want to get it published, published. Oh, <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Oh, this just, has been five, they'll just mess it up. It's been five years of my life, three tours through California and a trip to Japan. <laughs> and right, probably fair. will end up being in a trip to, to Ireland eventually, too, before I can get the fucker done. <laughs> I'm a method writer. I'm going to segue from there. Speaking of research. <laughs> well done. I'll take a few scrapings from the giant thingy and wonders if they've tried to open it. Doug is confused about how that would work until Giles shows him that the area he took, just took scrapings from was a seam. Doug's all for opening it up now. And Jesus, Doug, don't you know you live on Hellmouth? When has opening any kind of weird ass thingy with weird ass writing on it helped anyone? No, they all die off. Like every single yeah. person who's had his job, he's he's like the janitor got a promotion. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have good life insurance, Doug. I hope that you have good insurance through your work, like fifty thousand oh, yeah, times like, your income. Yeah, to every, take care of your family. Every job in Sunnydale should have AD and D. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Wait, AD and VD. 
<laughs> AD and vampires. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say VD. Yeah. <laughs> Giles wisely asks if Doug could pretty please wait until he's translated what's on the outside of the giant thingy. Yeah, Doug. <laughs> I mean, there's a demon in there, for fuck's sake. Yeah. You know, Doug's all, you don't want to be surprised? Doug! Just don't help, okay? <laughs> Who the hell put you in charge of dangerous artifacts in the yeah, tomb of a catalog? Didn't you watch the movie? It had been out for years by now. <laughs> Every movie ever. Scarabs, man. <laughs> Giles says that no, as a rule, he most definitely does not want to be surprised. <laughs> Amen. Don't, Doug, no more surprises. Yeah. <laughs> Doug is a little disappointed that he won't get to have his face melted off or whatever today, but he does concede <laughs> that Giles is the expert. <laughs> At school, in the cafeteria, Xander is treating us to act two of Fish Stick Puppet Theater. <laughs> and this is our second call forward. This is Wash with dinosaurs to me. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Xander is, in fact, reenacting the slaying of the most recent patrol. Cordy, in spite of herself, is extremely amused and has a big <laughs> grin on her face. <laughs> this is why they work as a couple. And they're so cute. They are. Whole, they're adorable. I yeah. love them. Willow, demonstrating her heterosexuality for everyone, is sitting on Oz's lap. <laughs> Buffy isn't impressed with fish stick puppet theater. But she does, however, vouch for its authenticity. And Oz says he was riveted, but wonders about the themes of the play. <laughs> and Buffy and Xander are... So Buffy and her heart. Mm -hmm. She's feeling the ouchies, because they're both wearing red. Red. Yes. Yeah. Red. So. And Xander, I think, is wearing red because he's a little dangerous in this episode. In the next one? Yeah, I think he is just a little bit. Like, yeah. we got some Danger Man going on, and he's also working as, he's operating as the heart. And Buffy's obviously, like, she's feeling heartbroken. Yes. It's a continuous thing. We don't just suddenly, like, poof, oh, you... You saved some fish guys and set them out to the ocean, and obviously you're all better now. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> this is yeah. it's processing. She's still processing, yeah. but um, and we know. know that when the, the Slayer is wearing red, it's a, it's pretty much an open wound for her. Yeah, she's, she's weaker. Not doing she's well. not on yeah. top of her game. And we just talked about how she's feeling it about Angel. Yep. So yeah, so she and her heart are both feeling the feels. Yes. Yes. Uh, Buffy says the main theme is that Angelus is a big chicken shit. <laughs> <laughs> Xander says that the other is by American, and Cordelia is still very amused. <laughs> Willow asks if Buffy is ready to fight Angelus, and Buffy has apparently had that question a lot and is tired of it. Uh, she says she's completely ready, unlike how she's feeling about her finals. Willow goes all pep-talking spirit, telling Buffy everything will be fine, even if she has to sweat blood to get Buffy through it, or start speaking in tongues, anything for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cringe in this bit. And also, I love... So, finals, final battle. Mm -hmm. The juxtaposition is gorgeous. I, I love how the, the apocalypse always lines up with the end of the school year. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know the feeling. <laughs> yep. uh, Xander's not really interested in being around for that, and he won't be. Well done, Xander. <laughs> uh, Willow says, it will only be metaphor blood, and we all glance over at Buffy's red outfit and thank the writers for their shout-out to the costume department. <laughs> it could not be any more blatant. Yeah, the mouthful good. <laughs> <laughs> why do i drink when you're talking it's know, right? time. but confirming your theory that is confirmation yes. man it is that total. is 100 percent confirmation willow says it's metaphor blood while buddy buffy is sitting next to her in the same shot with a red shirt on that yes. is absolutely confirmation we, for we your get a red little theme. fourth wall in this whole scene yeah absolutely get, yeah like if you watch xander when snyder's in the shot he's looking at <laughs> the, like at the camera yes absolutely. dead on Oz says that Willow's blood will be cute. 
<laughs> oh. oh, Willow tells Buffy that they'll meet after, up after sixth period for some chemistry rocking. I don't think that's supposed to sound flirty, but it certainly could. And yeah. could explain some of the faith-related jealousy in the next season. Uh, Cordy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cordy has noticed how much Willow likes teaching, and Willow says she does. Cordy is still Cordy, though, so she says how great it is that Willow's getting a taste of success before she goes out and fails in the real world. <laughs> and Alex just sits there and nods. My yeah, I know that was awesome. My boyfriend's You're... in the room. He's like sitting in front of us, and he's just nodding. Because <laughs> Cordy speaks the truth. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes she. Yes. I mean, tact is just not saying true stuff. You know. Yeah. Alex would totally date Cordelia. Who wouldn't? Yeah, well, I mean, hello. Yeah. She's, she's a bit of a handful for me, but yeah. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Keep you on your toes. Absolutely. I, I, I got shit to do, man. I love bitches. They're great. I got shit favorite. to do. I need low maintenance. I need like, oh, here, play with Legos. I'm going to go. I, I, need, I need easy. Yeah, that's no fun. Uh, so you see, uh, uh, she explains Babies. it, you know, that way, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she explains it that way, Willow will not, is not falling back as much as falling forward. Yeah. <laughs> and she realizes at the very end how, how that sounded. And Xander comment, comments on how a, a whopping 65% of that whole thing was a compliment. Yes, Indeed. Good job. We shall continue grading Cordy on a curve and give her a solid Queen C for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't drinking scotch that time. That was funny. <laughs> Cordelia asks him uh, what he'll be teaching when he fails at everything. <laughs> She's thinking upper level losering. He knows how to handle Cordy, though, and actually does try to handle her in a, what looks like an attempt at a boob grab. Yeah. Yeah. This is so cute. They're so fucking cute, I man. Need, They're I adorable. I this scene before everything that happens. This little table of normality. Mm -hmm. Like, you can just kind of go ahead and think of this as like, you know, they're all sitting around. They're joking. Buffy's spacing out. Uh, yep. <laughs> but it just, it feels like this organic moment in the Scoobies that we don't mm -hmm. normally see because we only see the, the moments that are driven by story. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. And, and this is, this I window. mean, this is what they're doing every day when we're not there. Yeah, totally. This and is why Joyce knew Cordelia. You know, this is, they yeah, hang out a lot. They're they friends. They do. Yeah. And they, they have like, you know, little inside jokes and stuff. It's mm -hmm. fun. This they, is they a bond, fun all moment. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cordelia tells him to get his fish sticky hands away from her. <laughs> And they create enough of a scene to attract Snyder, who wonders if Willow could stop overcompensating with Oz for a moment and sit in her own chair. <laughs> and yeah, I know Snyder's a weasel, but I'm old and sort of stuffy or reserved, let's call it. So I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of the PDA. Yeah, sitting on people's laps in public is a bit off-putting no matter what age you are, and especially if you are a teenager. Yeah. So Snyder did something right, and I'm as shocked as anyone. <laughs> He tells them how public displays of affection have no place in his school, what with this not being an orgy as much as a classroom. Buffy points out that it's a lunchroom, actually. But since I'm becoming Snyder as I get older, his point stands. <laughs> he asks if Buffy, uh, he asks Buffy for a reason to kick her out, and there must be a vengeance demon nearby because, you know, done. Yeah. Oh, uh, and he drops the, uh, the title of the, the title sequence song, Give Me a Reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is fourth wall. Yep, so much, so much fourth wall. <laughs> uh, after he leaves, Cordelia offers a reason. How about because you're a tiny, impotent Nazi with a bug of his butt the size of an emu? Oh, that's cute, Cordy. Backing up, cute. Buffy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it's interesting the way they shoot that particular sequence because she says it, and then we get the mirror image of Buffy. So they are mm -hmm. emphasizing the mirror shadow. So, yes. Very cool. Yes, there. And Cordelia will later be wearing red when Buffy's wearing slurry black. Uh -huh. So we do that back burner, mm -hmm. you know, hurt 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, on Cordelia, where mm-hmm. she's you know she's pretty peripheral to the action at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Willow wonders if Buffy would like to study at her house that evening, and Buffy says she has to patrol, but maybe. Willow asks uh, if Buffy is expecting Angelus. Buffy says she isn't, but certainly doesn't mean he won't make an appearance. Speaking of. <laughs> and Jealous and Drew are going to reenact a scene uh, from The Seventh Seal. <laughs> in London in 1860, a very human Drusilla is going to confession. Who is wearing white and tan. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like Liam. Like Liam, yep. yes. She goes into the booth and we see that the priest is having a bit of a vampire issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's an infestation, really. <laughs> Very bitey. Uh, she begins with the traditional "Bless me, Father, for I have sinned," and we see that Angela's that scamp has eaten the priest. Well, shit. Uh, you think the priest would be vampire-proof, but apparently not so much. Uh, he lets the priest fall uh, to the floor with a thud. She says it's been two days since her last confession, and we surmise that she is quite pious indeed, because that's a lot of confessing without a lot of sin. Yeah. She notices that she hasn't gotten much of a response from the priest, and Angela's, who has obviously forgotten the next line. <laughs> In the confession, goes he is with, struggling. He's like, ah, shit. Uh, 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 uh. Goes with, that's not very long. <laughs> it worries me sometimes that Angelus and I think the same way. I'm sure it's nothing. <laughs> if, you, if you were on Facebook, if you'd liked us on Facebook, at Diogenes Club Podcast on Facebook, uh, you would know that I got Angelus in a Which Vampire Villain Are You quiz, <laughs> and I'm very excited about that. I'm fine with As it. As you should be. I love it. Just don't be fucking stupid, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I can be, man. You have a soul, though. You can learn from your mistakes. Yes, I do, but man, do I make them. <laughs> don't, make the, don't make the same one over and over and over again like he does. You'll be fine. I'm trying not to. <laughs> so um, Drew says that she's afraid. Angelus tells her how forgiving the Lord is, and asks slightly smarmily for a list of her sins. Dude, she confesses every other day. I don't think you're going to get much. <laughs> I mean, with me, you'd get like smoking and drinking and taking the Lord's name in vain 57 times, plus a few impure thoughts about Julie Benz in that corset while I was doing the recap. <laughs> but this is human Drusilla who confesses almost daily. Yes. <laughs> and indeed, her confession is about her psychic powers. She says that when the men were going to work in the mine, she had a vision of a crash. Her mother said not to say anything because Drusilla, or at least human Drusilla, was Cassandra. But indeed, her visions were right on the money, and there was a cave-in during which two men were killed. Angelus is completely intrigued, and this could not be worse for Drew. <laughs> she tells him that her mother says that her visions are a curse and an affront to the Lord, because the visions are a warning of bad things, though. We know that they're sent by the powers that be. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we have beautiful blocking for showing us what's happening with Drusilla. When she's talking about her sins, when she's being pious, when she's being her, we see her from the doorway of the confessional. When yep. she's being influenced by Angelus, when he, she's, he's actually getting under her skin, we see her clearly through that grate. Yes. And that's even made explicit when he pets her face through it. Oh, like yeah. He touches where and her this, face is. And this is so, this is, I mean, the blocking is just like the seventh seal, too. It's so good. It is so good. Yeah, it's so is, good. <laughs> it is expertly done. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, and uh, side note, Cassandra was cursed by the god, god Apollo um, to have true predictions that nobody believed. Mm-hmm. And Just this happens to human note. Drusilla. This does not happen to vampire Drusilla. Vampire no. Drusilla is believed 
all the time, mm-hmm. which is yes. great. And they, so at least they something good happened to her. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's who Cassandra is. In case, mm-hmm. uh, in case. You oh right, that right. Sorry. Warm-up. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm Greek mythology girl. That's right. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um, and so, so since we're absolutely in love with the idea that Drusilla was a potential slayer before she was turned, and messages from the powers that. Be, would they would totally back that up and you know i yeah i feel like this is all getting more and more explicit yeah and it's going to get more so before the episode is over yes plus she's like twice as strong as your average vampire or vampire slayer mm-hmm. so you know there's that yes <laughs> drew says that she didn't mean to have the visions she tries to be pure but the visions just happen she says that she doesn't want to be an evil thing and there was obviously not a vengeance demon nearby during this scene uh <laughs> this also Tells us back in Lie to Me why Drusilla told the idiot kid that she was not a person when she was on the playground with him. Mm-hmm. She doesn't think of herself as a person. She thinks of herself as an evil thing. Yeah, and she does. Yeah. I mean, she thought of herself as an evil thing when she was a human with visions. What yes. does she think of herself when she's a vampire? Well, she's finally, I think part of what's so cool about Drusilla is she has no, um, aside from from her um, rage about how her family was killed, mm-hmm. You know, she's upset about that. She's upset about her family dying mm-hmm. and how Angelus tortured them and tortured her. But she herself, I think, turning into a vampire and confirming that she's actually this evil thing everyone's been telling her that she either is or isn't, mm-hmm. is just, it's a relief. Oh, it's well, finally she's, over. Well, and she's finally powerful. And yeah, people believe her visions. And, yeah. you know. So, yeah, they, they, her she's no longer impotent. She can actually accept the right. fact that she is an evil thing. I think she's able to um, to work on the vibration of just being what she is instead mm-hmm. of having, like waveforms, you know, crashing into each other, like you see with Angelus, where he's like canceling himself out. Right. Um, But yeah, I, I, I love how she has embraced being a vampire in ways that you don't really see in Angelus or Spike. Mm -hmm. You see it in Darla. Yeah. But, but Darla was dying when she turned. Oh yeah. And so, and, and beaten up by life. Yeah. To the point where, I mean, to, she was essentially, I mean, in, in a way she was the same thing. She was mm-hmm. kind of a thing. She was kind of, I mean, I don't, I, I'm fully in support of prostitution and being legal and you do with your body what you choose Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. But, but the way that it was, was the, if it's not legal, yeah. um, there are issues like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you are treated as, as a disgusting thing, even though you're being used by the people who are treating you like a disgusting thing. And she's dying of, uh, like, syphilis, syphilis. right? Yeah, yeah, syphilis. So, yeah, she's dying of syphilis because she was a whore. Mm-hmm. And she was essentially dead by the time the master got to her, so she could leave the life behind. She had nothing to go back to. But, yeah, there is was, no yeah. what if for her. Her what if is being in the ground or being a vampire. Right. And, and I mean, she was used up the way that Drew was, mm-hmm. just by different people. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, I think that they're gender plays a lot into how they see being vampires they I went from agree. they went from being what, victims of society to victimizers like they're, yeah you know they're these and vicious they things and both, they love it and they both turn men yeah they don't oh, yeah. turn other women they turn men right to you know and they have control over their men and they're powerful mm-hmm. with their men um yeah i i think it's the second best thing to being a slayer as far as female empowerment goes in the buffyverse oh absolutely yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and even witchcraft is rife with problems yes it is like right it makes you cray it makes you cray yeah. you go cray. Cray, cray um and yeah so i i do think that's that's a really interesting commentary on women's role and we know that that joss whedon was always very he was always working on those subtle cues for feminism mm-hmm. when and darla is um, going to pretty much call it out you know can't a woman wreak a little havoc without a man being involved you know? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> well and darla is never more powerful than when she's pregnant which i love yeah 
I love that. I love pregnant Darla. So I love pregnant Darla. She's great. so angry. Because there, there is... Um, I mean, I, obviously, I mean, because that's Give Zero Fucks Darla. I love zero, Give Zero Fucks Buffy. I, I love Give Zero Fucks Darla. I love Give, give Zero Fucks Angel. Yeah. And he's not Angel, not Angelus. Yeah. Oh, I'm a kid in a candy store with those yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I love the commentary that comes with this, that mm. they are able to embrace it. And, and the men, actually, you know, they both Angel and Angelus, or Angel and Angelus, well, yes, both of them and Spike um, have a wistfulness about being human. Yeah. They miss it. Mm-hmm. And Drusilla misses her family. She doesn't miss being human. No, she does not. No. no. She, I mean, if any, I mean, if you ask her now when she's a super crazy vampire, she probably would want her whole family to be turned. Oh, yeah. So they could all be vampires together. She would love a chance to have made them all like her so they would finally believe her. Mm-hmm. Like Miss Edith, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's um, part of the reason she keeps so many dolls as a surrogate family. Ooh. Ooh. Good observation. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, her sisters and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because she treats them like people. Yeah. Like people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're nice people. <laughs> They're nice people. No. I know. <laughs> and isn't it? And it's funny that she does talk about herself as a thing, but she calls other vampires people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She's a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. Well, and if she's a potential slayer, she mm-hmm. would think of herself as a thing. Yeah. She'd be at war with herself all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And being able to finally give in to that would be a relief. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a certain... Because our nightmares, like back calling way, way, way back to nightmares, when we see Buffy as a vampire, mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of relief in living your your uh, nightmares. Isn't oh, well, there? she's just able to tear it up. Like, she is, Buffy's yeah. like, fuck yeah, like, I'm going to kill this, bu- this yeah. bitch right now. You know, she's well, like totally liberated by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't have to be good nightmare. Buffy or nice Buffy. She doesn't have to fight fair. Yeah. She tears after that dude <laughs> and just rips him up. <laughs> like, that doesn't, she that's doesn't not normal Buffy fighting. She doesn't have to have code anymore. She's right. jealous of the vampires she fights. Well, and that's, they have to fight fair and she, or she has to fight fair and they don't. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I think as we get farther along in the series, she fights less and less fair. Well, and that's that's what faith represents. Is, mm-hmm. You know, come with me and we'll rule the world together as goddesses. Yeah. And Buffy has to decide what she wants to do. And how. Sadly, she chooses wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she chose poorly. poorly yes. <laughs> she, well, she did. Drink from the cup, Buffy. Drink from it. <laughs> I was drinking again. <laughs> I troll you while you drink beverages. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jealous tells Drew not to worry. The Lord has a plan for all creatures. And oh, isn't that nice and reassuring? And, and wait, he finishes with even a devil child like you. Yeah, and Jealous, that oh. isn't cool at all, man. <laughs> but yes. He's starting to work that Angelus magic. His torment of Drew has begun. Yes, and he knows the weak points. Oh, like, absolutely. Well, he's been he's been studying with Darla. Yeah, Darla has. has taught him how to do this. Well, it's just like this is the same way he deconstructed Buffy. Oh, absolutely, and in, and tries to deconstruct Faith as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, Darla taught him well, and he learned well. Yes, and and we know we don't quite understand how dangerous Angelus is to Drusilla in this scene yet, but when we go forward into Angel and we see Angelus work everybody from inside a cage oh yeah he has them tearing each other apart Mm -hmm. from inside a cage yep like he's a powerful dude who has nothing but time on his hands to observe and he's watching the whole time he's he and the angel is walking around yeah that is the scary part about angelus is he's always in there watching yes (laughs) 
So freaky. <laughs> so freaky. <laughs> and he's just taking notes. Yeah, like, like I, I mean, I, I wouldn't open up to Angel after that because, I mean, Angelus is in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew is horrified, and even more so when he tells her that she's a spawn of Satan. And there's nothing that can help her. Um, eventually, the Lord will smite her down. Cute, dude. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> she asks what she can do about this, and he says she should give in to evil. It's part of the plan. <laughs> Great. <laughs> she says she wants to be good and pure. He says we all do at first. The world doesn't work that way. So Angelus has been with Darla for a century at this point, and clearly he's learned a lot. But it's interesting that he's including himself in we all do at first. Isn't mm-hmm. that, yeah. Maybe Angelus isn't as gleefully evil as he wants everyone to believe. I mean, evil, sure. Gleeful? Not so much. His attempts at being evil are a little overcompensating. It is to Tad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Akathwa is it? It is the red Corvette of uh, <laughs> <laughs> the giant red truck. That's yeah, right. yeah. Uh-huh. It is. It's it's a bit. Oh, and, it's and a bit... Spike's even going to kind of lay that out for us in the next episode too. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, Spike is the Cordelia of the vampire clan. Absolutely. <laughs> Tad's just not saying true stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, Drew begs him to help, and he dis- he prescribes ten our fathers and an act of contrition. Drew seems relieved that she can do something at least. What is an act of contrition? I don't. I, I'm, uh... I'm going to Google it. Act of contrition. Oh my God! I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins. Oh, the one that Madonna does at the end of one of her songs. But most of all, because they offend thee, my God, who art all good and deserving of my love. Is that that the... is an act of contrition. So. One of my favorite Madonna songs has it in it, actually. <laughs> Which one? Gonna Grow Out Wild. Oh, yeah. And I want so badly to be good. <laughs> when she's in the video, she's in a pile of naked men. <laughs> oh, you go, girl. I know. Oh, interesting. Yes. So, so yeah. Right on. Yeah. So it's, it's saying something else, pretty much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Catholics are wacky. Wacky fun Catholics. <laughs> Although, you know, weirdly... uh Weirdly ostracized in in Ireland because of the whole idolatry. Yeah, yep. there's a bit of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, he says there's one more thing and puts his hand against the screen covering her face. He says God is watching you, and I wouldn't doubt at all that Angelus thinks of himself as a god at this point, or even the god. He gives life and he takes life. So, yeah. All right, I'm gonna drop it. Um, Angelus is Apollo. He is a god, and like I said, Apollo cursed Cassandra to not be believed. Mm-hmm. Um, Apollo but is... But of course, if this in this show is a wonderful reversal. He actually curses her to be believed. Yes, Which he is does. so cool. He does the reversal because as a human, she's one way. And then when he, when he turns her, she's something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apollo is... He has influence over everybody. So... Um, we have... We have this little cast of characters. We have the, the dark Cassandra. Um, and then we have Spike as Orpheus who also is under the influence of Apollo. Apollo is hugely influential. And Drew, when she taps in, is Eurydice then? The yes. Spike. Yeah. Yes. That, yep, absolutely. Totally I, I can Eurydice. Totally see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, what's interesting about Apollo, he was beautiful. He was, you know, absolutely just stunning man. Uh, everybody wanted to be with him, but, but they actually wouldn't be. Like, he just couldn't get a girlfriend to save himself. Because <laughs> they just didn't really want the curse of immortality. Because gods were really good at saying, hey, I'm in love with this human. Let's give them immortality. And they forget to say, make them young forever, too. (laughs) Well, the vampires have that part down. They do have that down. (laughs) So it's much better to be a vampire. But it's funny how, like, 
to actually be with a god, you have to either be immortal and die, you know, get like the hunger, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, which is the sound of crickets. That's where that comes from. Is that's all that's left of the lovers of all of these gods is the sound of crickets and locusts, um, which is really grim and creepy. Thanks, Reese. Uh, (laughs) Thinking about Catherine Deneuve. Okay. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you guys haven't watched The Hunger, one of the best vampire Bowie. movies. Bowie. David Bowie's in it. Bowie. And it is one of the best vampire stories I think I've ever encountered. It's great. It is so good. It's sort of a different take on it. It's very different. Very different. Very, very good. And Susan Sarandon and Catherine Deneuve have yes, sexy. They do. <laughs> Actual sexy times. They actually have the sexy. In which, yeah. In which I, I like that uh, she was supposed to set that. Uh, Susan Sarandon's character is supposed to get drunk to do it. And she said, oh, I love that. No one it's has in, uh, to get drunk. It's a quote from the celluloid closet, um, yeah. which if you haven't watched celluloid closet, please watch it because you'll understand a lot of the stuff I say about faith. Um, and you'll be like, oh, you're right. <laughs> but she, I think the quote was something like, um, you do not have to be drunk to bed, Catherine Deneuve. I don't care who you are or <laughs> what your preferences are. Yeah. <laughs> story. I don't care if you're asexual. You'd be like, all right. Uh, <laughs> Catherine Deneuve. Course, you know, I'm one oh, well. of those asexuals. So whatever. Um, we, if we see Angel has a really hard time with love life, mm-hmm. this doesn't stop. Um, so that's something that I find very canon with keeping with him being Apollo and his hair sticks straight up and he's bloody stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And we'll, we'll go into more of this. Uh, you know, there are other, other things that Angel represents, especially in relation to Buffy. And I don't want to drop that bomb quite yet. Right. Um, yeah, I think we'll do it soon. But yeah, for for all intents and purposes, right now we can just understand that he's Apollo, and he's and he's pretty much this this whole exchange. He is alluding to being a god. He is. He's alluding to being. I mean, a if god. you don't believe us, go back. You know, read the transcript, mm-hmm. watch the episode. He keeps when he talks about God, he's he's clearly talking about himself. Yes, God be watching you. Who and, watches uh, her? He yeah. does. You know, and yeah. who wants to write in and guess who Darla is? Info at diagenesclubpodcast.com. <laughs> I am serious. We will give you something. Yes. Yes. Something. If you can guess, Amazon something. We'll figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. Um, if you can guess. Uh, Buffy Mad Libs. Yes. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Send us who you think Darla is in Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. If you are correct, we will send you a Buffy Mad Libs. Yep. Which is also going to be something coming at you with the next season. You can play along at home. Yes. <laughs> We're going to play Buffy Mad Libs. I have it. It's right over there. Um, yeah. So please do info at diogenesclubpodcast.com, or you can just go ahead and post it to the Facebook page, or you can message us on Facebook, whatever. Yep. Um, if you Actually, if you can guess who any of the other characters are, if we haven't discussed it already, yep. and you have a guess... Send us in. We haven't figured all this shit out either, so you might yeah, just, if you you might be way ahead of us. Contribute, um, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to put any stipulation on it. If if we have not discussed it yet, and you have a guess about who you think any of the characters are, Buffy Mad Libs for you. If you ever have, if you already have Buffy Mad Libs, we'll figure it out. We'll get you the coloring book or something. Some, yeah. yeah, there's Some. an adult coloring book for Buffy. Cool. Yeah, or we we'll get you Sunnydale sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> Something, something Buffy related. We'll get it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I also want to mention how amazing Juliet Landau is in this scene. She has created Human Drew perfectly, and Human Drew is completely in keeping with 
who she once was informing who she becomes. Uh, you, you take human Drusilla and you terrorize her until she goes crazy and you turn her and is absolutely vampire Drusilla. It's yes. brilliant work. She oh, understands yeah. Drew on this amazing level. It is so, and it's so striking to see the differences between mm-hmm. her. And also there is, um, there's a moment in becoming part two after she's made out with Giles mm-hmm. where her makeup isn't on. Mm-hmm. And she look when she looks up, all of a sudden, like she's evoking. Human she Drew. was lost in that moment of being human, mm-hmm. and she's evoking human Drew, and it's just this very subtle little twist. Oh, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. But it's great. Yeah. 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 And uh, to illustrate that for us, we are suddenly with Vampire Drusilla in the mansion of the undead. <laughs> and how different she is. Oh, completely. Yeah. She's liberated. She, she is. is free of any kind of guilt or crap that she was, she loves it. She is enjoying herself. Yes. Uh, Spike is reading the paper and asks if she had a nice walk. <laughs> uh, she says she met an old man she didn't like and he got stuck in her teeth. And that will make you grumpy. And on the positive side, though, the moon started whispering dreadful things to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Awesome. I love it when that happens. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Angelus comes in and giving Spike a smack in the back of the head asks uh, what the, the moon said. Uh, see, she's being yes. listened to. Absolutely being mm-hmm. listened to. Everybody wants to hear what she has to say. Yes, totally. And I, I love Spike's little, oh, look who's awake. And then he smacks him on the back. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like the Scoobies talking in the lunchroom. Mm-hmm. We have just this little... The familiarity yeah. of centuries. Because we are tearing apart two families in this episode. Absolutely. Or in these two episodes. We are tearing apart two families. I don't care if they're functional or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're ripping these groups apart. Drusilla says something terrible is coming, and it's at the museum. A tomb with a surprise in it. Angelus is all excited about Drew's visions, but Spike, Spike says she read it in the paper <laughs> and chose in the article. I I would believe that Drew really did have a vision, except that Drew, behind Angelus's shoulder, gets a smirk on her face. <laughs> that confirms that she totally just trolled him so hard. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> she makes her own fun. She does. Angelus is delighted by the article, which... I could probably read if Netflix hadn't cruelly ripped the remaster away from us. Whatever. It's about the mysterious... Well, not bitter. Yeah, no, not at all. It's about the mysterious obelisk, of course. Drew confirms, even though she was trolling him a bit, that the obelisk actually has been whispering to her. And Jealous says that she shouldn't worry, because soon the whispering will stop, and it will start screaming instead. Drusilla does a magnificently creepy silent scream behind him as he gives <laughs> Spike some faith-level sex eye. <laughs> and uh, so note in this scene so angel's suddenly wearing a silky shirt mm-hmm. which is like angelus version of velvet mm-hmm. right it's soft it's squishy it's danger it's velvet danger velvet. <laughs> okay that needs to be a band name i'm just gonna write that down it should right be plural now. it should be the danger velvets <laughs> someone someone in the danger velvets uh drusilla and the danger velvets drusilla and the danger velvets <laughs> wow that's a good one. Okay. Um, I, I just collect band names. I don't have any intention of making a band. I just like band yeah. names. Um, Spiky, Blondie Bear, is back in his little red undershirt. Right? You would think that with all the, the sex eye that Angelus is giving him, he would notice that, that Spike is re- wearing the red shirt of yeah, dangerousness. Like, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, and so <laughs> he's we... suddenly in his red shirt matching Drew, too. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's matching <laughs> Drew. He's wearing red again. His shirt collar isn't stretched out. Like, this his means... Face is beautiful yes I mean, I mean this is what i'm talking about so stupid right i mean drew's yeah. crazy so she doesn't notice this shit because she's out in the ether somewhere yeah she's but angela should notice that spike has completely healed as far as he can see and he's wearing red again i don't i don't think uh angelus looks above the waistline on Probably not. 
Well, he should look at his pretty, pretty face. He should. I, but I don't think there's anything in between there for him. I don't think there's anything of interest. I think he's just, you know, interested in the two things. <laughs> right. Oh, Angelus. Oh, you card. But yeah, that's sex eye, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. I can't believe I never noticed it before. He's, he's, he's Faith's metaphorical brother. I mean, yeah, like, true. that's and, yep. evil, evil Faith's metaphorical mm -hmm. brother. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> evil faith's metaphorical brother yes. that's hard to say yes yeah. <laughs> so, and and not so much evil email us if you have a guess <laughs> i'm not going to tell uh, yeah because <laughs> she's not here yet we can't talk about her too much because she ain't she ain't here i mean we can talk about that we just can't talk about the greek oh yeah no yeah, well, i yeah, think yeah. we've mentioned who she is though just one part everybody right, has multiple right. but we, we've mentioned the main one yes yeah, oh, yeah. she's totally heracles yeah yeah, so you don't get to email me about Heracles. Right. <laughs> I'm giving significant eye to the room. <laughs> I'm looking at all of you. Oh, this is a hell of an episode. Okay, so Have going fun on. editing this shit. <laughs> so. I'm, uh, I'm going to edit the mistakes and that's it. You all can just listen to us. Uh, the Slayer has taken a moment to change into one girl in all the world black, so we'll make a note of that. Yep. Uh, the Slayer is also angry, because her studying isn't making much sense. <laughs> Willow, sure it does, but then she gets a look at what Buffy has been doing, and indeed, it makes no sense. Uh, she still takes the positive spin that Buffy at least knows how little sense she makes. Um, oh, Buffy good. Yeah, great. Thanks. I uh, would punch her. <laughs> seriously. Uh, Buffy does ask the age-old student question of when, in the real world, she is going to uh, need chemistry or history or math or the English language or other silly things like that. Willow says she's found the problem, and Buffy thinks the problem is that she's stupid. Willow, though, is having none of that, and tells Buffy she's just been distracted. Yeah, just a tad. Uh, she also gets all, all hardcore, and tells Buffy that if she's going to be a big quitting quitter pants, she might as well <laughs> stop wasting Willow's time already. As we would expect, this gets through to the Slayer, because that's basically the verbal Slayer hello. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy tells Willow she's a good teacher. <laughs> Slayers, man, they're a whole different oh, breed, you know? Yeah, they are. <laughs> can relate though i'd be i'd be it. totally put off but slayers are like that's cool yeah, yeah. you punch yeah. me again yeah. that's great <laughs> willow directs buffy back to covalent bonds but oh uh buffy's pencil rolls off the desk and finds its way to jenny's disc backup of the soul restoration spell i watched this a few times and the pencil absolutely did not roll off the book on its own uh, buffy put it down at the top of a slope and it rolled down the slope and into the gap no supernatural stuff there however Buffy says, uh, picking up the pencil gave her deja vu. Deja vu, of course, being the feeling that you've experienced something before. And I'm thinking she's got to be remembering a Slayer dream. Uh, Buffy puts the pencil on the slope again and says she, she has a perfect memory of the pencil rolling down. She snags the disc and hands it to Willow, saying she dropped it. Willow, of course, doesn't recognize it and suspects it belonged to Jenny. It's a good thing Jenny wasn't a hacker, because Willow just puts that thing right in the drive of her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Mac. It's fine. <laughs> That's an old Mac. That's a nostalgia Mac for me. Big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they've got the rainbow on the apple still, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buffy, of all people, says that it feels morbid. Buffy, of all the weird things to get the Wiggins about, you look at <laughs> morgue photos and decapitated bodies and slept with a dead guy. Yeah, like everybody else is puking, and you're like, hmm. Yeah, and she sleeps <laughs> with the dead. But <laughs> She was dead. She was. And yeah. she has sex with dead people. Like... <laughs> Looking through the files of a dead person. <laughs> Walking, talking dead people she has sex with. 
Yeah, this is morbid, Buffy. Okay. <laughs> Willow says that she's gone through Teddy's files enough not to be bothered by it anymore. Buffy asks if that makes it less morbid or just makes Willow really morbid. And I don't have an answer for that one, but I'd say it's a sign of Willow's maturity and tendency to be at home in the morbid side of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willow says she had to get in, in the files and Buffy uh, says that she was just fucking with her. <laughs> <laughs> just then, though, Jenny's computer and linguistic genius is revealed as the soul restoration spell is presented to them. Buffy perks up and knows what this is immediately. Willow is explaining that Jenny wasn't a, wasn't a practicing witch, but she did dabble a bit, and Buffy is paying absolutely zero attention, and she's all, dude! And Willow <laughs> has a look and realizes what Jenny has accomplished. I love what Sarah Michelle Gellar does at the end of the scene. Willow is freaking out, and Buffy, instead of being immediately giddy because of this means she might get her boyfriend back, is, I think, realizing why Jenny died, and realizing the huge sacrifice that Jenny made for Buffy. Mm-hmm. No, like totally. the whole weight of it hits her like, oh, my God, she died because she was trying to help me and trying to help Angel. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Like no. that. It's a good it's it's nice to finally have some. Um, it's not comeuppance. It's like a nice form of comeuppance. Um, like resolution kind of thing? Like Yes, a... that's the word. <laughs> good job. Yeah, but yeah, Buffy can yeah. finally, he, I mean, she finally finds out what Jenny did. And yeah, it's, and it's nice to, because that disc has been sitting there bugging us. Uh-huh. Just sitting there yep and like it's just, it's right there and you know and buffy has been thinking that jenny just died you know mm-hmm. that she was murdered for no reason and now yeah. she knows that that jenny was until her the her very last second mm-hmm. of consciousness was trying to make things right right well and this is what sparks off a really interesting inner conflict Absolutely. Turned outer conflict. <laughs> Love the next scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the Scooby scene. Yes. Um, I don't have much to say. It's just, yeah. it's, well, it's uh, well, nice we'll, to finally have a comeback. we will delve into that. Yeah. To, yeah. I mean, to finally know that Jenny was a hero. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that we get to see just Jenny's pretty face in the next episode, even though it's not really Jenny. I know. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> we are in the Romanian woods in 1898, and there is much running and panting. Yes, speaking of Jenny. Yes, her folks, <laughs> uh-huh. her clan. There's also a funeral in progress, and the soul restoration spell is being recited in Romanian over an orb of Thessala. I'm going to just read Jenny's translation from the previous episode as a reminder of what's going on here, but this really is Romanian they're speaking. Wow. Um, as the orb is round in nature, as the earth is round in nature, and the heavens are round in nature, so is the soul. Return from whence you were banished using this orb as your guide. Penetrate every ounce of the flesh, every sinew of the body, and every tissue of the heart. Make what lays before you more than the empty vessel that is animal, that is beast. Make it man as God created when he separated the firmament of the heavens from the earth. Come forth now, return, return. As the orb burns, let life burn. This is a great sequence. Angelus bursts out of the woods and falls in front of a bonfire. The orb, which contained his soul, and if we didn't know that now, we will eventually, disappears and Angelus's eyes glow with Angel's soul. A gentleman comes up to a very confused angel and asks if it hurts. He's glad that it hurts. He says it will hurt even more. Angel asks where he is. The guy says that he may not remember what he's done for the last century, but it'll come back to him. As we learn from Uncle Enos, the purpose of this spell was vengeance. He tells Angel that soon he will remember everyone he killed, including their daughter. He will know true suffering. Angel, who probably only remembers a few hours after Liam fed from Darla, has no idea what this guy is talking about, but then it starts to come back to him, and he realizes what he is and what he's done. 
and it's yeah. devastating. It is. And kudos to Boreanaz. Oh, yeah. Like, he just, he makes me feel Angel mm-hmm. in all these scenes. Yeah. Um, also, interesting little costume note. So, previously we saw Angel in the confessional wearing all black mm-hmm. with a little bit of blue. He's wearing white and tan underneath his black coat in oh. this scene. So we're so it's Liam again. It's Liam again. Mm-hmm. We are bringing back that innocent underbelly, that innocent it's, yeah. undertone. It's the merging um, of Liam and this vampire self, but with a soul to become Angel. Mm-hmm. The the birth. It is, and yeah. it's it's also kind of a proto version of of the Angel outfit mm-hmm. that we see later. Um, also, we had a little discussion about the nature of the funeral. Yes, that's a big ass fire they got going. Sure on is. There. Yeah, and uh, so if he it's person sized. To- Yes. <laughs> so if he tried to turn their daughter like we were suspecting, if he was going to turn her and sick her on her family, mm-hmm. they're going to burn her. Absolutely. They're going to burn the body. Yeah, yeah. They're going to burn the body to prevent well, her and from honestly, waking up a demon. Honestly, <laughs> gentle listeners, if a vampire has fed on your family members, cremation is a great idea. Yeah. Just in general. I mean, they're dead. They're not going to feel shit. Yeah. Just, cremation is always a good idea, I tend to think. It is a really good idea. Yeah, it prevents the vampires. It prevents <laughs> the demons. It just, you know, it's cremation is great. Absolutely. You don't have to yeah. bury a body to rot. Just cremation is always yes. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Throw some salt in there. Yeah. <laughs> just in case. Yeah, just in case. We watch Supernatural. If it's salt and time. burn. Salt and burn. Yep. Yeah. Uh, look out for any flasks. Yeah. Just in case. But yeah, if, if, uh, if these folks were smart... Uh, and the Call Rush are very smart, obviously, because you know, they came up with this curse. Um, they totally would have burned her body, just mm-hmm. to make sure. Yeah. And uh, I still am of the mind that he turned her. It's his, well, why. it's his yeah. way. It's his MO. It is. It's totally his MO. And that, that warrants more vengeance than, because even if they could return her soul to her, she still is a vampire. Right. Like, they don't have a spell to reverse vampirism, you know? Yes. I mean, well, it's one of those things, again, we'll never know, mm-hmm. but it makes a lot of sense narratively if he turned her and maybe somebody saw the turning process. She obviously hasn't yeah. awakened yet or from her turning. Or they could sense it. Well, at least in this scene, we don't, I mean, but we also don't necessarily know they're coding it like that's her. I think it's her. But yeah, I yeah, mean, I think, I think, think it is. But I mean, it has uh, to be, you know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, it is, it's, uh, that's interesting to the nature of his curse, because I don't know. I just don't see them being quite that way about people dying. When we see uh, Spike and Drew killing like half the clan right. while Darla's trying to negotiate for getting his soul taken away later. Right. So he had to do something horrible. Yep. And he got to know her first. He mm-hmm. knew that she was a favorite member of her clan. He knew she was stupid. Right. We went all over, <laughs> over this before. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm of the mind that he at least tried to turn her or did turn her. Yeah. He did a little something extra. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Just for them. A present for the gypsies. Yes. Bad idea. So stupid sometimes. <laughs> In the library, Giles is all, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing pink. Mm-hmm. He's a code pink. Yes. Because um, he's going to get really, really angry in a minute. Yeah, and so he's going to get angry, and he's also, like, the injuries are bubbling back up. It's like, Giles just barely got past the hard part of the loss. Yeah. He's, he's get well, Ugh. yeah, it's getting through the, yeah, the, the first, um, but he's making, he's made peace with it to some, to some degree. Mm-hmm. And... It's like, he's cycled all of the emotions, and it's starting, it's the reality is setting in, he's able to kind of start finding, finding semblance of normalcy, you know, in the oh, next episode, we're just going to tear that wound right open again. Yep. Why yep. not? 
Hayden. (laughs) I don't care how shitty your life is. It's not written by Joss Whedon. (laughs) That is what's great about these shows is because it doesn't matter how bad you got it, unless you're living in Syria and can't watch this right now. (laughs) Sorry. Or Um, Or if you're a gay person in Chechnya. Yeah. Chechnya? Yeah. I think it is. But yeah, I mean, there's... Okay. As... First world problems go. Yeah, as, as idiot Americans sitting around yes. with our, our McDonald's and our fatness. Yeah, as, as far as, <laughs> as processing hard emotions go, your life is never going to be as bad as what these people are having to go through. That's true. And I'm, 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 as you all know, I've been through some bad shit, but there was not that extra knife twist. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't anybody, you know, nobody showed up as her showing <laughs> right. you her face oh my God. all of a sudden. That scene in the next fucking episode, that kills me. That yes. is a terrible thing to do to somebody. It like, is. Jesus Christ, people. It is terrible. And then we, we immediately give us some levity right after that, because we have to have it. <laughs> we, got, we get generous doses of comic relief for the next we episode, because we need generous, it. <laughs> we do need it. Um, but yeah, that, that ability to say, oh God, that sucks uh-huh. so much, uh, it, it allows us emotional space to deal with our own stuff. You know, we have to create a larger vessel in which to put uh-huh. our emotions. Yeah. yeah. And then... Buffy, I think it's the ultimate knife twist on that one. Or sword twist, let's say. Yeah, <clears throat> there, there are two... Sword. I'm just going to drink. Yeah. Yay, drinking. Me too. <laughs> In the library, Giles is all, what the fuck are you talking about? <clears throat> uh, Buffy gives him Jenny's translation of the spell. Giles looks at it, bewildered, and then says Jenny told him it wasn't possible. Buffy, though, says Jenny tried even though she thought it was impossible. And this is a moment that, as we'll see throughout the rest of the series, influenced Buffy. Uh, this is a huge moment for her, and she will, for the rest of the time we're with her, always try, even though it seems impossible. Jenny's death just had a huge effect on Buffy. Oh, yeah. I mean, she she learns how to try to make amends for things that she's done. Mm-hmm. She um, learns empathy? Absolutely. She Buffy learns, not uh, big with the empathy. No. <laughs> That's a lesson that'll take her a while to really absorb it. Well, everyone has their crosses to bear. Yeah. Um, she's great with empathy if she doesn't relate too much to the person yes, that she's but, with. But our most empathetic person is also kind of the worst. Yes. Like a lot. Yes. So empathy doesn't mean that you're necessarily a good person. It just means <laughs> right. you understand where the people are coming from. Maybe you can understand how to torture them better. Yes. I mean, one could say that Angelus is made of empathy. Oh, sure. He has the most empathy because he's able to understand where people are. Well, honestly, and... I, I think it's Spike. Oh, yeah. Cause, well, and Spike uses it as a weapon often. He is. <laughs> well, he's... Spike is such a different animal. Mm-hmm. I love talking about him because he is the poet. He was such a sweet person. Yep. I mean, Liam seemed to be nice. Drusilla was problematic. Liam I mean, was not kind of... I mean, I mean he, was he a... wasn't a bad guy. He was just your run-of-the-mill womanizing drunken fuckhead. You know? He's a fuckboy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Liam was a fuckboy. Yeah. He is... You can go find a Liam at any club anywhere. Yeah. They're all the same. It's just the fact that Darla chose him uh, that makes him different. Well, and she... And he becomes something special because Darla saw that he was something special. Becomes something special? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, he's even going to say that later in the episode. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, um, but um, no, he, I mean, he, it's, but she saw something in him. He didn't mm-hmm. see anything in himself, but she, the second they started talking, she realized he was special. Yeah. I mean, she could have just fed on him and killed him and left, but she saw something she really, really liked. Yeah, totally. It's, and, you know, like we were saying, vampire love at first sight. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is something, there's something interesting about Liam, but he himself was just a fuck boy. Yeah. Um, like... <laughs> yeah. Drusilla was crazy. 
but you know, whatever. Um, she yeah made crazy at least. Yeah, yeah, she was made crazy. She had the visions and stuff. Probably a, sla- a potential slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but again, she once turned into a vampire was just a vampire. Oh, scary, crazy, powerful, scary, awesome crazy. Vampire. Yeah, well, there's that too. <laughs> um, I think I have this theory about vampirism that in order to become a a vampire, vampire, you've mm. got to be taken somewhere else you've got to be in the right frame of mind the right frame of mind being the wrong frame of mind um like we kind of have our our canon fodder vampires mm-hmm. you know like the emulationogram that we see later the red shirts yeah yeah the red shirts um <laughs> and i think they are your feed on them turn them vampires the ones that buffy kills every day mm-hmm. these are you know these are the the five point experience vampires that are really hard when you first start playing the game but aren't as bad later right um and then you have your higher level vampires, the ones that are people. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to be that, you have to have a certain mindset when you're turned. Oh, interesting. You have so to it's in- kind of a magical process. Yeah, that I know. think it's an invitation. You have to invite them in. Mm. Again, this is in the book I'm writing, so you know, I think about this a lot. Um, but you have to invite it in. It's about permission. Vampires are all about permission. Maybe I mean, that's why it doesn't work on Slayers very well. Yeah, that could be it. Because <laughs> like, the inner you know, Slayer nature is like, no. Yeah. Nah, nah. <laughs> um, you know, you can, anybody can be turned, but if you're, you're more like just a mindless drone, creepy vampire thing, if you aren't admit you know, like if you aren't allowing because we see that with um darla asks liam if he wants to come with her mm-hmm. the master gets darla's permission before turning her right um like i'm pretty sure we don't see angelus actually turn drew well we see that she has gone completely crazy she has so she would probably consent probably and i think that's why he had to drive her so crazy i don't think she would have because she's so god-fearing mm-hmm. um i think he has to tell her because he's telling her even in this in the last scene you have to embrace being a monster just right. become a monster and it's him talking her into giving permission to him right. to turn her he can't just turn her i guess that kind of means that ford would have been something if buffy hadn't staked him right away too yeah he would have been one of these special vampires now yeah. what's really interesting about um william spike Mm -hmm. is he was heartbroken he allowed himself to be turned out of this need to have more life it's his motivations were a permission because he wanted more it wasn't because of show me your world come with me you know join me in the dark side thing right it was his soul was hungry for greater experiences after he was rejected by Cecily. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's that poet nature. He is, yeah. he's the oddball. So, you know, his, he gave permission for different things. His permissions were different. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like it's, yeah, it's some kind of strange combination of who they are plus what, what their intent, what their intentions are. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really is de- dependent on how you're turned. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think that's why the show, uh, Let's us see these moments of being turned too, because it has to mean something. If they're spending all this time showing you pretty much the origin story oh, yeah. of a vampire, there's something important happening in that moment. Yeah, there's something meaningful. We already know how a vampire turns. Yeah, like we yeah. don't need the tutorial. It's a whole sucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> we got the Cliff's Notes in like episode <laughs> yes. two. Yes, thank you, Buffy. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there there is a reason to show them being seduced. Mm-hmm. And this, the seduction is so important in the vampire lore. Yeah. When And, you know, why would there be seduction if you don't just, you know, if you can just turn him? Yeah. You know, why is it so important for Dracula? 
later on? Why is it so important for him to seduce Buffy instead of just turning her? Yeah. I'm going to even get to give her a sample. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Gives her, <laughs> like gives a free her, you know. sample. Yeah, totally. Like, it's so important. <laughs> to see if she likes it, you know? Yeah. See if and, she likes her to enhance her demon powers yeah. and all that. <laughs> it, it's so interesting to me to see these vampires do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think, I, I'm, I'm a little hazy on it because there are, you know, seven seasons. But when um, when Spike has been triggered by the, the first mm-hmm. I feel like his vampires that he's turning, he's doing something weird with them too. I feel like he's he's not just just feeding and turning. I feel like he's doing more of a seduction, come with me sort of thing with them too. I don't know if we ever know. No, we hear we from uh, that one dude. Uh... Yeah, because he's different. Um, yeah, yeah, the one yes. that the, in conversations with dead people. Yeah, the fuckface who brings Illyria's tomb to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jess Whedon calls him a hat trick. He's also in Firefly, if you remember. Yeah, he's a fuckface in that one, too. Yep, yep. <laughs> Captain Fuckface, Whedon, we were calling him. Whedon has some favorite fuckfaces. Uh, <laughs> and they're all fantastic bad guys. Yeah. They're so good. Um, yeah, so uh, one of them is also coming up in Anne, the, the missionary type guy. Oh, yeah. He's one of Whedon's favorite mm-hmm. little hat tricks, too. He's in the first episode of Firefly. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Um, so, anyway... I think he's doing something different there because that is a very different vampire. Not a lot of vampires want to psychologize the Slayer. Right. <laughs> like, regardless of your origin. Well, and, the, and every every vampire, no matter if they're a red shirt or like a, a, a more important kind of vampire, they are so overconfident. Oh, yeah, they totally are. But he has a reason to be because he's actually like a challenge. He took some Taekwondo and shit. Yeah, but when it actually came down to the staking, it looked like two oh, That's true. I mean, that wasn't too bad. But, but yeah, he just, he has more conversation. He has more mm-hmm. humanity to him. He's more intact mentally. It's like his brain didn't die. Well, and we, we see some of, uh, we'll get, actually, I think a good time to really get into this would be on, will be on, uh, Angel's show, um, when we do meet some people that he turned. Oh, a yeah. Few of them. Yes. We'll meet a few. Like a Hawkeye. Yes. Kid. Yeah. Yep. Baby Jenny, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. yeah. Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Baby Jim, Jeremy Renner. Yep. He's and, so. Uh, and yeah. the and submarine guy and um yeah yeah but they and they are much more complex and interesting mm-hmm. that's true and he fosters them he raises them yeah like he teaches them things so yeah I think there is something to the permission mm-hmm. um which also gets into some really interesting rules about consent and vampires sexual consent and vampires oh. you don't see vampires running around and raping a lot well it might be you know Drusilla actually tells us about this when she's um when she's you know, raising Darla again. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a, a lot of importance put into how they are buried and then raised. That's true. From the ground. Well, we see that with poor Buffy. Yeah, I know. Poor Buffy. Poor Buffy. <laughs> Which, I mean, okay, oh. they did a worse job than Drusilla. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, they, they did a worse job than Darla. They did a worse job than if, any of these people. Vampires let's... care God. more about the people they raised than the Scoobies do. If, if they had just let Spike in on the plan, he would have been like, dig her the fuck up. <laughs> I know. Like, because he went through it. I'll tell you how to do this, yeah. okay? Yeah. But but the getting out of the ground yourself is a, it seems to be an important part of this, too. That's true. Well, it's kind of like, um, like a, a caterpillar. 
yeah like coming the, out of the, yeah. the pressure of coming out of the cocoon mm-hmm. puts fluid into their wings right otherwise they can't get their wings filled right. up and they die yeah it, it seems yeah. to be some sort of an initiation kind of a thing for mm-hmm. vampires so i mean who knows maybe they maybe it's um Maybe it's because they're not, their sires are not waiting for them that these vampires aren't very special, too. Maybe it's like an imprinting thing, like a bird. Yeah, it could be. That's so cute. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with the permission, because otherwise there's just no reason I think to it's a combo. Action. I yeah. think it's a combination of all these things. Because, I mean, we... Um, because we, we will see the different ways to, you know, to raise a vampire. And, mm-hmm. and the, the folks who choose to wait by the grave for their vampire to come out, uh, they seem to get better vampires as well. That's true. Yeah, that is very true. But that's also part of the that feeds into the kind of vampire personality that would ask for permission and pick someone very carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pick pick somebody who is special. Well, like Spike says to Ford, like I don't fancy having you around for all Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I bet Spike was just waiting to sp- to stake Ford if Buffy didn't. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm like, here. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Put hoist him up into the sun like like he did. Yeah, like the anointed, <laughs> the anointed one. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Spike needs a little vampire death elevator. He does. <laughs> Just go in there. No reason. You know. Yeah, that's where you hang the prey. You know. Yeah. Like you put the tied up person who's all bleeding, and then you just raise him up into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Back in the library. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Xander pipes up that Angelus killed Jenny before she could uh, tell anyone about the spell and scoffs at how shitty he is. Well, yeah, Xander, he's an evil vampire. Um, <laughs> does this make it worse somehow? I, I would have thought that it was worse thinking that he killed Jenny for kicks. See, I think this gets interesting on a metaphorical level. Mm-hmm. Um, so on a character level, we have a lot of interesting stuff going on. But on a um, on a metaphor level, Buffy's heart doesn't know how to differentiate Angel from Angelus from what Angel's done from what Angelus has done. Mm-hmm. Like, she's at war with herself just in that right. one piece. Because even though Buffy herself seems to have a good idea of, and, and her mind, of course, mm-hmm. um, seems to have a good idea of this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's true. She, The guy the, the guy that she is in love with, how much responsibility did he have in these things? She doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. and this is, this is a question we all have to come up against with someone in our lives at some point you know they were under some, the influence of something mm-hmm. and how culpable are they right um, well she's had to do this with xander too when he was true. a hyena you know yeah. like and so how on, much how much responsibility does he bear yeah. well and he and who knows he i mean we know that buffy projects he might be xander might xander be projecting projects. too we know that he's because the whole like angel with the big blood belly thing right um <laughs> and so he might he i mean he might be projecting a bit wondering mm-hmm. if he is responsible for what he did when he was possessed by the hyena oh yeah totally because i don't i don't think i think that was a, a turning point for his character just in like trying to be a better person well unfortunately he lied about it well yes i mean so i i think i think it's more of an indication a long way to go i think that that episode is more of an indication that xander was not ready to evolve as a person yet yeah i think that episode was him holding himself back mm-hmm. uh and never i mean he, the only reason he ever revealed the truth because he slipped that's true he well, forgot what he had lied about you know yeah I, otherwise which, he never would have told about anything. the cutest giggle that xander ever utters yeah. um, even <laughs> though i'm super pissed at him at the time know, but it's 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 cute, it's cute if i can remove myself enough yeah. but it's like <laughs> but yeah i mean i i think that the 
I think the fact that he didn't ever get to the point where he sat Buffy down and was like, look, I'm so sorry, but I remember everything about mm-hmm. the hyena thing. Um, yeah, no, he's I, not ready to grow. And he will not be ready to really grow until mm-hmm. after he fucks Cordelia over. Yeah. It's it's at that point that he starts to examine himself and we have the, the separate. Yeah. Um, you know, where he's putting, he's figuring out where he wants to be in the world. Yeah. And like, he relaxes and stops trying to be something he's not. Yeah. Well, when he sees what I do actually has an impact on mm-hmm. what's happening around me, because he didn't grow up that way. Right. You know, he's never had a reference point for what he does actually mattering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's why being around Buffy's so special for him. Cause he's, he's able to do things like stare down a vampire in a hospital. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yep. Um, you know, so it, I don't think he actually has a reference point for the fact that he does need to change, though, until after what happens with Cordelia. Because that's yeah. like, what I'm doing has real consequences for right. other people. It's not just me. Yeah, because well, uh, up, until, up until then, he is able to get away with a lot of really shitty behavior. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have consequences for it. He does not, um, he doesn't face a consequence for the, he, well, he evades consequence for the hyena thing. Yes. Uh, and, um. I mean, and I'm not talking like Buffy being pissed at him or something like that. I'm talking about emotional consequence for himself by by denying that he remembers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he denies his own, like what Angel goes through. Yeah. He denies himself what Angel goes through because Angel was not driving the car. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the Angel soul, still owns... the soul was not in the car at that point. Yeah, but and Angel he, still owns everything. Angelus he feels does. completely responsible for it. Yeah. and Xander has avoided that whole experience by not evaluating what part he had in this mm-hmm. kind of thing which is very particular to children of abuse oh yeah because he, he is very well practiced like he doesn't know what the consequences are going to be mm-hmm. you know he he might get beat up by a slayer that's not going to be fun he might <laughs> buffy's id might come into town and beat the fuck out of him and almost rape him it might happen yeah who yeah, knows that might happen too <laughs> so, yeah, you know it, it's, it's uh he, he he will face consequences for it it won't be mm-hmm. It's not a consequence you're going to see the first time you watch the show, um, right. but he he will face some consequence for his behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, at this point, at this point, I think it's I think it's totally projection. I think yeah. you know, I think that's I think that's a ton of it because mm-hmm. his uh, his insistence that Angel and Angelus are the same person is very. I mean, because he I mean he knows they're not. Yeah, but he's he has always projected onto Angel. That's why he's mm-hmm. been so anti-Angel. He's always projected onto him, and we even saw the show paralleling mm-hmm. Angel and Angel. Or, I'm having a problem today. <laughs> okay. I mean, we even see the show paralleling um, Angelus and Xander mm-hmm. just a couple episodes ago with Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Um, so that, you know, of course he's going to be seeing that. And Giles is having a similar problem. Because yes. Angel Angelus, not that far away from Giles Ripper. Right. You know, and... It's, what, just, uh, it's just taken to a bigger extreme is all. Yes, but Giles is... Uh, you know, past alter ego almost killed Jenny too. Well, and Giles beat himself up for that he for did. a very long time. Yeah. Still, I mean, still that's, that's, I'm sure he sees, I'm sure he sees that as the, the reason that he and Jenny were never, never able to really be together. Well, and yeah. And maybe that's part of the reason that he will not do the re spell. Yeah. I'm not sure. Cause we see him do magic. Well, I, but this is, yeah, let's, let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I think, uh, also Giles is in red. 
Yeah. Well, he's in pink with a red tie. Well, because he's going to try to kill Xander. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that is, I love that fight. I know. It's, it's, nice. it's kind of like finally seeing two characters kiss, seeing these two finally yell at each other. It's yeah, just it's like, great. thank you. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but really, but I mean, but Angela's killing Jenny, I mean, no matter what reason, like this, what they just found out is, it's just the same amount of shitty, except for now they know that Jenny is a hero. Mm-hmm. And you they know? know that Angela's had motivation. Right. And, and I mean, it doesn't make it any less or more sad but yeah. now it's kind of like oh it's more it's just more elevation of how awesome jenny was it is yeah it is and, it, and that it, might make you more sad as a result yeah but like it's devastated buffy because she realizes what jenny was doing for her mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't make what angelus did any worse no, <laughs> like, yeah it, in a way it makes it more under it makes it more palatable at least to me it's a weird self-preservation thing it is yeah, yeah. because this is now instead of it being a an act of torture mm-hmm being visited upon the people that Buffy loves just for the sake of playing with them. This is a, a war strategy. Right. And with torture afterwards, like he yeah. had, he had the dead body. He's like, well, I might as well make this yeah, worse. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know right. if he like made the sketch and bought the flowers ahead of time. Cause he's not a planner. Um, <laughs> as we're seeing right well, now. Drusilla probably helped. Yeah. She probably, yeah. She probably posed. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was, would have been much more elaborate had he been planning ahead. I think so. Um, but yeah, this is, and I still, I'm still in the mind that that was a way of him making something beautiful for Giles. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know? Angelus is it's, no, I, weird. I, I I'm think, pointing at my head right now. He's weird. No, I, I think, I think what we talked about the last thing with like a cat bringing you something dead. Yeah. I think it's going to, because it's a respect yeah. thing. He respects Giles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's not like he posed her in, in lingerie or anything. You know, mm-hmm. we, we went over that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it also turns it into, this is an act of war. This is an act mm-hmm. of, um, you know, this is part of a long battle between, it's actually, it's separate from Buffy's fight. This right. is a long battle between Angel and the Gypsies. Yes. This is not the same battle that's being fought by the Scoobies. Well, and the, and the, the curse is just going to keep going too. <laughs> like okay. the, the Gypsies are going to win this one. Yes. Yeah. This is, it's one <laughs> it doesn't matter how going. many Gypsies he kills. <laughs> the well, Gypsies are going to, like, they win. Well, and Gypsies better, for the win. The way that the curse is phrased, it makes it so Angel can never get laid. Right. <laughs> he, can, he can never get laid and he can never relax and yeah. have a good day. You know, he always has yeah. to make himself a little bit miserable at all times so he doesn't accidentally have a good day. those brooding skills. Right. <laughs> but then what if you get happy honing? What if what if brooding is where you're happy? He'd have to find something else to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that's why he reads like Lena's hands. The way that, <laughs> <I think that's... laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I, I just I, oh god I love Angel so much. I know he's great. <laughs> he's so good. Um, <laughs> that guy should have his own show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should make that happen. Yes. <laughs> uh, for now, Cordy is all over the new reinstallment plan. Uh, she says this is good news because they can put Angel's soul back. And Giles Hedges uh, is saying that. That it's good, but none of them know the actual ritual, and even his skills with Igon don't give him this level of knowledge in black arts. And I gotta say, this is very important. <laughs> For a lot of reasons, but on the surface of it at least, not even Giles, whose spells have been absolutely flawless, feels confident that he can pull this one off. Mm-hmm. That whoever can pull it off 
is a hell of a witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe with a little hubris on the side. Oh, a lot. A heaping helping of hubris. Yeah. Uh, Buffy and her black shirt are wandering off by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so we can see why she wore it now. <laughs> Willow steps up and says she's been going through Jenny's files and, you know, poking at the black arts for funsies. Uh, so she's thinking she should take a stab at it. And Giles is horrified as he should be, and tries to explain how that is a really, really bad idea. Uh, he says, channeling such potent magics through yourself, it could open a door that you may not be able to close. And poor Giles hasn't realized yet that this is exactly what Willow wants, mm -hmm. and that she has no intention of closing that door once it's opened. The show has been telling us through its visual language for a few episodes now that this is exactly what's going on. Um, Dark Willow is not a surprise, if you're watching closely. No. Well, and just like we have a problem with, um, we were just talking about with Xander, mm. where his upbringing made him think, are you, because mm, you need to get to something? Or? No, no. It was, mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just like we were saying, his upbringing made him think everything he does is wrong and needs to be hidden and that he's destined for failure yes. and misery. And, and this is something he will deal with his whole life, just like any kind of abuse in childhood is mm -hmm. something that you deal with for your whole life. Willow's been told that she's perfect yep. and great yep. and fine and Everything wonderful. she does is going to turn her perfect. parents are always gone. She has a a door to the outside of the house in her room. Oh, right. The vampires come through. Yeah. And <laughs> just let fine. the vampires in. Yeah. Like she just, you know, her mom didn't say, do you have a boy in there? She said, are you still up? Right. Because like, I would never. Basically, are you still studying? Yeah, is what like, her mom thought. Uh, yeah. A, a man's voice just means she's watching something on the television. <laughs> right. You know, like. Even though she doesn't have a TV in there. <laughs> She's fine. And the internet was too slow to have any kind of thing like that going on. <laughs> you know, and we do see Willow's mom and she is, I mean, despite the whole burning at the stake thing, she's still being like a way too nice mom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way too nice. Indulgent. Way too indulgent. Mm -hmm. And so Willow's downfall is that she has no reference for ever being wrong. Right. Xander has no reference for ever being really right. <laughs> exactly. And so he's always hiding and Willow has no reference for ever being wrong, and so she never knows how to check herself before she wrecks her fucking self. <laughs> wrecks everybody. Wrecks everyone. Yes. Wrecks the world. <laughs> I, I should I should learn that one. Could you check yourself before you wreck yourself? <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, Buffy says she doesn't want to. <laughs> 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 Buffy says she doesn't want Willow to put herself in danger and we can tell it's the end of the season because this is the point where Buffy's various parts get all in a fluff and she has to figure out how to wrangle them so she can take the next step towards adulthood. Um, and how. Yeah. These guys are a bag of cats. <laughs> they will get even worse in later yeah, seasons too. Willow is just, she's not listening. Xander and, you know. Well, and, yeah, and, and uh, Willow says she doesn't want to be in danger, but that if she's the person who can pull it off, she feels like she has to try. We know that she has other motivations, but, you know, that's cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Xander has had enough and says that they've all gone crazy. He says he doesn't give a shit about restoring Angel's humanity. Buffy points out that she cares, and Xander gets all kinds of snarky with, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Giles prevails upon him to not lose his perspective. Um, yeah, let's... Let's take both sides of this. Okay. <laughs> so, um, which side am I? Well, we're gonna we're gonna lay out both sides, and we can both take both. Okay. Um, I was getting already with my gunslinger hands. I know. Well, I don't. I don't see the problem is I don't have a position. Okay. That I am. Well, I know. My, okay. Well, so um, well, let's factor it. Okay. <laughs> let's let's take the let's factor in that, that Xander is Buffy's heart, uh, at least half of which is a Slayer heart and mm -hmm. wants nothing more than to kill all the vampires ever. Right. Uh, so the first time, a few times I watched the show, I followed what the show wanted me to see. Mm -hmm. And I completely disagreed with Xander. 
the show wants us to disagree with Xander, uh, at least on the surface of things. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah. Because yeah. we, because we, you know, the show is telling us that Buffy and Angel need to be together and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Because they're, they're true love forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and we need Angel to come back so he can go to LA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the show wants us, to, uh, to want Buffy and Angel to get back together, even though it's been telling us this whole time that they can never work mm-hmm. <laughs> and that they make each other weaker when they're together. Uh, we found what, at least a dozen times that the show has spelled this out that they make each other weaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xander is going to be absolutely consistent with his desire to get rid of Angel from this point forward. Uh, when Angel comes back next season, Xander is going to go to Faith immediately and tell her that Angel needs to be put down. And he's going to capitalize on her obvious feelings for Buffy to try to accomplish this. Yes. So I think the show is suggesting that Xander is still jealous Xander. And I can't find any evidence that this is true. Uh, he, he's with Cordy. Uh, he's moved on from Buffy. If Buffy wanted to, you know, came to him and said she wanted to have a thing, he'd probably go for it. But that's that's different. He well, that's doesn't just time. having a penis. That's right, not exactly. like. I mean, it's like the I'm a teenage boy looking at linoleum wants me to exactly. want to have sex. It's, it's he doesn't pine for her anymore. Like no. he he's not he doesn't have that kind of thing going on. No, with her he's at moving all. on to somebody else soon. I know, shit, fucker. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, he he does not have that kind of feeling for Buffy anymore. Right now, mm-hmm. he's he's all about Cordy. Yeah. Um. And with good reason, because right. they're a great couple. Exactly. And we and are showing that very explicitly in this, uh-huh. like, this... more explicitly than we have shown it before. We're yeah. showing it in this episode. Yeah, this episode and the next episode, they are a solid couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like Xander doesn't know Angel. Um, so they went on several missions together, and we saw how horrified Xander was when he saw the difference between Angel and Angelus. Mm-hmm. He didn't hate Angel anymore at that point. Um, so what is his motivation here? Like, it's... He is. I mean, because we talked about the projection part, and I think that's a, I think that's valid. Yeah, because there's got to be more than that. There's got to be something for the projection that, to hook too, itself on. That's a little on. too deep for the show to just be laying out in front of us. Yeah, know? are we supposed? We're not supposed to assume that our friend Xander has turned into a douchebag. He has douchebaggy tendencies, but mm-hmm. I mean, they're treating him like a douchebag okay. here. Here's here's okay. I think I got. It. I'm sniffing. I'm a dog. I'm (laughs) I'm on the prowl. Um, That is so getting edited out. (laughs) You have a beautiful piece of art in your house. Maybe Mm -hmm. something useful, something Mm -hmm. you use. Mm -hmm. Um, When you remove something that's very easy to remove from this piece, it turns into a bomb. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You figure out how to put the piece back in. Do you keep the thing? Right. It's a bomb. <laughs> and I mean, and, and, and Xander's argument, I mean. I mean, wouldn't it be better to just detonate the Well, fucker? and that bomb's going to go off when Angel is the series, you know? Yes. Like, that's going to be. It's true. Gonna, I mean, they have is... to go get Faith to solve their problem because yeah, they mean, set the bomb off. It's obvious that when a trigger is so. This is a hair trigger. Mm-hmm. And I'm so the way, the way I'm coming to this is Xander is part military. He has been he infused with military. On, he has been infused with military. A lot of his personality is still attached to that guy, military guy. Mm-hmm. Well, he and he says, you know, response to Jaila's plea not to lose perspective. Xander says that he is, in fact, perspective guy. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, and he, that's and that is kind of the argument he lays out. He he says the angel is a killer and and all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're being yeah. like completely like what utilitarian, I guess, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah, you do put out you do put down the yeah. vampire and who can either switch on or off. Slayer weak. He sure does. does. Xander can see that. He sees it very explicitly. That... And like like Kendra summed up beautifully, clouds mm-hmm. are judgment. Yeah. Well, and 
Xander was the one that had to watch out, like, didn't get any sleep for days, preventing Angelus from coming into the mm-hmm. hospital to kill Buffy while she was sick, after what Angelus did that made her sick to put her in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's the one, he's kind of the one that has to clean shit up. It's kind of like, right. um, like, Alex... Uh, when I'm upset about something for a long period of time, he starts to say, all right, it's starting to interfere with my life. I need you to solve it for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if you want to be upset about this on your own time, that's fine. But if you're going to have a, the same problem over and over, mm-hmm. you've got to solve it if it's going to interfere with my productivity. And which sounds cold and calculated, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I think he is perspective guy. I think, um, I think he's got a really good point. Like, Angel is a killer. This soul is re- a really slippery little thing. Yeah. If Angel comes back to Sunnydale, like, Angel could pop back into existence and say, oh, yay, Buffy's here. I'm perfectly happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get right. another orb. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if, and if you're able to, if you're able to remove emotion from this whole thing, it mm-hmm. probably is the best thing. Yeah. And they do not understand the full nature of the curse. That's the other thing. Like, right. so this bomb thing that I'm talking about, this right. piece of art that can turn into a bomb, you don't actually really know how the piece comes out like that gosh that pizza was great <laughs> soul's gone you know yeah. like, <laughs> seriously like we don't know what per- i mean perfect like perfect sex with a virgin i don't know like and- <laughs> so you know we know from the outside yes. is he better asked like <laughs> yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah. like, we know from the outside that the perfect happiness was the full recipe Yes. We see it both times yep. he loses his soul. It's the full recipe. Even when he kind of sort of almost not really becomes Angelus when he's drugged, he's being accepted by a right. human as what he is before the drug takes hold. Right. There's something very important about all the acceptance and being wanted and seen for what you are. Right. There are a lot of things um, that go into that. So it, so it, and the times yeah. that we see it, those are completely different situations yeah. too. Like, you know, there's, there's the, the day where he's fighting with the Scoobies and da, 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 da. And then they, you know, they have this big adrenaline rush and they get away from the, the bad guys. And then he and Buffy have sex and they love each other. Mm-hmm. So that does it. And then, you know, a whole different kind of similar, but different yeah, scenario like happens on Angel saying, You're right, dad. I right. love you anyway. And, <laughs> and then Cordelia and, and the roundness and. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there, I mean, it's yeah. a similar flavor, but. Mm-hmm. He could have, I mean, he's going to be a champion. He could have those days all the time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like this. this there whole... are any number of days that could qualify for that. Yes. Yeah. And we don't know. They don't understand the nature of the trigger. Yeah. Um, you know, for all they know, it's it's just hearing music that he likes. They don't understand. So from, from the perspective of the soul just leaves mm-hmm. and we don't know when it's going to leave. And he's the worst vampire we've faced yet. Right. When I mean, including the master, that's just because they haven't spent a lot of time with Drew and very little with Darla. It's true, it's very true. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like absolutely. We, he's we he's relentless. He's he a relentless, horrible thing. And 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 the ma- the best weapon they have against that particular kind of evil can't fight it. Yeah, she is blinded by it. She clouded can't by fight the, it. her judgments. She's clouds, clouded. clouds, and clouds, just and clouds. The, the very possibility that Angel is still in there is the reason Angelus is still alive. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is something. Could... Keep that phrase in mind for the next episode. She, she, yeah. I'm, ta- I'm just, I'm just going to take Xander's side. Uh, <laughs> no, well, no, it's true. I mean, yeah. she, she could have, she could have staked him like 50 times probably mm-hmm. since he lost his soul. Oh, yeah. 
It's like, so she could, she would have noticed him in the graveyard if she wasn't being blind right. to him, like <laughs> literally blind to him where she's like, oh, gee, I don't know where Angelus well, if, is. Wee! And he's just like standing by a if, tree. If she would have taken, I mean, if she would have taken a few, a, a few days and, and honed her, uh, her tragically underdeveloped yeah. slayer senses. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. She could have felt him over there. She feels vampires now yeah. and then, you know, she would she totally feel him. She didn't have to save Giles. Right. Giles didn't want her to save him for the sake of letting Angelus go. Right. If, oh, you know, oh, she could have staked him 15 times in that scene, which chasing yeah. him around. She was ready to. She was, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there are so many ways. So, yeah, I, I think not only is this bomb in your house going to go off, but the only bomb diffuser you know who can take that apart really prizes this particular kind of art. Right. <laughs> and can't see it destroyed. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So, yeah, that's that's where Xander's and, and I think it's very interesting that the show desperately wants us to think that Xander's being an asshole. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's all those wonderful layers of the show. That's why we keep coming back to the show and talking about the show and bottom oh, yeah. recording equipment so we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, <laughs> is that, and you're listening. So yeah, we that you're listening because you, you're yes. a treat. Um, <laughs> we love you. We love yes. you. Of course. <laughs> of course we do. You're fantastic. Um, and, uh, look at you. Look at your butt. It looks great today. <laughs> it's just so firm. It is. Yes. Have you been working out? And, and the hair looks great. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's not flat. <laughs> and, um, but that, but that's what's interesting about this show is it's telling us one thing, but it means another. Yeah. Because uh, we really break it down. I think we both, I mean, we both adore Angel. Mm-hmm. But... Xander's kind of right. I, I want him back too, and I would not, I would take myself out of that room because I wouldn't be able to be part of that discussion. I would recuse myself as well. Yes. yes. Yeah. Recuse, um, that's the word. Yes. yes. I, would, I would because I, I am Team Angel. I mm-hmm. want Angel in the world. I think he needs to be here, and yet Angelus, it's more important to have Angelus not in the world than it is to have Angel in the world. Yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, and I think if you asked Angel, he would agree. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so he, he says that he points out that Angel is, you know, a killer and Willow tries to shush him. But Buffy herself will throw this in Angel's face when she, he has his own show with, <laughs> I can't be in your club. I never murdered anybody. So, OK, and we could definitely make the argument that Angel himself didn't kill anyone. Angelus <laughs> did. And as far as we know, at this point, that's true. But it isn't true once we watch Angel the series. By this point... Angel has let a demon eat a whole hotel full of people, and there's a matter of the poor guy at the diner he fed on without getting help. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, the loopholes that he found while he was with Darla and had a soul. Yes. So Buffy Buffy says it isn't really that simple, and Xander is offended that they're even thinking about forgiving Angel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Cordy says Xander has a point, and he snaps at her about how she never supports him, <laughs> until the words she said make their way through his brain, a process which he narrates, and... <laughs> And then he continues with Angel needs to die. Oh, and and of course, this is the scene where Cordelia is wearing red. So our shadow self is showing just how hurt Buffy is. Absolutely. Even though she's being strong Slayer Black on the outside. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Cordy was wonderful at illustrating that for us. She is, yes. And and Cordy is equally torn. Mm -hmm. Cordy, the shadow self, is saying at first, hey, this is so great, you can get Angel back. Wait a second, Xander has a point. Yeah. So both sides, we get to see both sides of Buffy's own inner turmoil. We are actually showing explicitly in that inner dialogue that Xander expresses, mm-hmm. we're showing that he's perspective guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and his, you know, his girlfriend, Ed Buffy Shadow Self, is mm-hmm. presenting those perspectives to us yeah. as well. And then when, but yeah, when he says, I wish you'd stand up for me and I just realized that you did and I feel really, <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is him showing that he's, he is the rational mind mm-hmm. in this room. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, 
Like, like you said, I think Angel would agree with him, but for a different reason. Um, I'm thinking <laughs> Angel would be perfectly happy to be put down so he doesn't have to deal with not only his original guilt, but also the new guilt that would be piled on him for Angelus's new batch of gruesome murders, including, of course, Jenny, someone he saved once and was fond of. Angel yeah. me- me- and measures... And hurting Giles. Oops. Oh, yeah. And hurting Giles, his good friend. Absolutely. Because Angel measures his redemption in terms of how many people he has saved. And having, I mean, having one ta- taken off the board by himself has got to hurt. Yeah. He saved Jenny, and then he killed Jenny. It's terrible. And he has, I mean, he's got to live with that. Let's just hope that the Egyptian world of the dead isn't the one he has to pass through when he dies. His heart is not lighter than a feather. No. (laughs) Though, as we will find out, it is quite shriveled. (laughs) (laughs) That's way in the future. It really is. (laughs) So far. (laughs) And it's in a dream. Yes. So (laughs) it's probably not shriveled. (laughs) Don't need this. Um... (laughs) Willow is staring at Xander like he has 17 heads, and Giles <laughs> says that Jenny's last wish seems to be have been restoring Angel's soul and saving him. Xander tells Giles that Jenny is dead, and right here is where Xander oversteps really, really, really hard, and I understand he's all juiced up and, and really speaking up for his opinion for the first time probably in his life, yeah. and probably went overboard, but easy, dude. Don't throw that in Giles' yeah, face. Giles is... Uh... He can go back and forth without the whole gypsy curse. Right. <laughs> yeah. He and Giles just swims back and forth in oh, that yeah. one. G- and Giles, Giles agrees with me uh, and goes yeah. absolutely full ripper. <laughs> he takes off after Xander with, don't you ever speak of her in that tone again. There's a bit of yelling until Buffy gets between them and tells them to knock it off. She glares at Xander and then turns away from him. And if you look right behind her as she does, you can see why I forgive Xander for what he said to Giles. You can see him realize what he just said to Giles and then realize he can't take it back. I feel for him in that one. Yes. He got heated up and it just popped out. Giles is still enraged and gets away from Xander before he rips something off him. <laughs> and Nicholas Brennan. Oh, beautiful job. Beautiful job. It. Like, I mean... They all act like we say so much. Well, and I just but... I love that touch where he, he's looking at Giles and he's like, "Oh my god!" I just said and he just like he wipes the sweat off his top lip, mm-hmm. and he just he just looks kind of devastated. He's still yeah. he's still sticking with him his 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 uh, his principles, and I admire that. But mm-hmm. he looks like he wants to apologize and take it back, but he just he knows how far he went over the line. Yeah, and he you can't apologize for that. No, you can't apologize like, you for can't. throwing Giles as. Like, the only way yeah. these two are ever going to make up is if they have a fist fight. Yes. Like, I mean, and... A, ma- a manly makeup. A manly fight. Yes, a manly fight. Punchy, punchy, punchy. Which, I mean, really, we shortcut that. Well, actually, these, in... they just, these two need to get drunk and get locked into a room together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like when you get two new cats and they're fighting, you just lock them in the garage overnight together. And then they come out, they're like, fine. We're friends, we're washing. Yeah. 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 We wash each other now, it's great. <laughs> Preferably uh, put the little soft paws on them first. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's the and And I think in the next episode, we actually, we sort of shortcut that bonding experience where they both acknowledge. Yeah. They, they don't ever, they don't become friends by the end of that, but yeah, there is a, there is a certain, it's, it's like, I think it's, I, I see it as kind of guy talk for, I'm sorry. And yeah. I know, I know you got hit up yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's, 
I think it's it's a dude level exchange of Xander apologizing and Giles accepting his apology. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like when Oz and, and uh an angel communicate almost telepathically with their like uh, mm-hmm. Well, I, I kinda see it as um <laughs> I kinda see it as, as uh when uh in Bewitched Bothered and Bewildered when Oz comes in and punches Xander for yeah. and he, then and then he punched okay. him and that's good now. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's easier to be a man. Yeah, I, yeah. I like dudes. Yeah, um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's. I also think that part of the reason that Giles has so much of a problem with Xander is because, again, it's his own projection. He sees himself in Xander, like when he was Ripper, young and Ripper Just and stupid. All of it. Yeah, I think I think Xander is proto Giles. Just a touch. I have always thought that. I've always thought that there was a, um, yeah, his his, uh, his younger, irresponsible self. Yeah, you know, and and Xander's, you know, sort of dissatisfaction for his lot in life and looking for something else. And well, because Giles being... did want to be a grocer or a fighter pilot. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and just I think that there's a little bit of that, and so Giles is sort of parenting him. Not like he does Buffy, where he loves him, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think he's also sort of like, I'm just keeping an eye on you to make sure you don't go Ripper. Yeah. You know? He's looking, he's keeping an eye on the wrong Scooby. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's watching the wrong Scooby, but I do think he's got his eye on Xander. And may, may, maybe, that's, certain, maybe that's why yeah. Xander turns out well. Yeah, I think it is. And I, he has a, a very deep abiding respect for, for Giles. And yeah. I think he's on the path to becoming a watcher. He needs to be better with reading, and then he'll be there. Well, yes. Yeah, more, more reading. But he, he does get a lot better. He does jump, jump into research mode pretty well. Yeah, he does. He's yeah. much better, especially with Anya around, where she's kind of encyclopedic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, once we get to the magic box days, he's mm-hmm. he's definitely turning watcherish. Well, and, and I mean, we've I don't think we talked about it on the podcast too much, but... Um, we we outside the podcast we talked about how much we wish that Giles had sort of taken faith under his wing. Yeah. Um because you know he knows what it's like to be kind of bad. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and and I I think that I think the the if he had treated Faith the same way he treats Xander I think things would have turned out better for Faith. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it might be exactly the kind of kind of supervision that that sort of personality needs. Yes. Yeah. But what what they we didn't have with Faith is that Faith is her own person with a backstory. She sure is. That nobody um, cares about except for yeah. us. Like she's she's not a shadow self. She gets her own shadow selves. I'm pretty sure. And she's 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 a shadow self, and she also has her own. Well, she yeah. and Buffy are shadows for each other, which is it's, interesting. Yeah, I would say that they're. It's more of a counterpart than a shadow. Yeah, I would. Well, it's, there's um. Well, she's Buffy's id for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's the id, but it's it's not the same kind of shadow selves that we've seen up until now. Because well, because Faith shows up fully realized. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's more, not like Cordy where we get little bits and pieces yeah, and then we find out like, who she is. Like Angel, where Angel is working is sort of the metaphor of the the demon self that Buffy's right. wrestling with, and then eventually she accepts and he be- can become more of his own person. Right. Um. But yeah, like it's so. So she shows up all fully realized and not having her little Greek chorus inside. And Giles and Xander are stuck inside of Buffy together, just like the two cats in the garage. (laughs) Right. And so they have to fight. Mm -hmm. And he has to work on him because he's like, I'm stuck with you. Right. Yeah. 
So, and again, this is the, the mind and the heart getting in that classic argument that we all experience every time we have to make a big decision. <laughs> Yay! Which, at the end of the season, is what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Willow follows Buffy away from the craziness and asks what she wants to do. Buffy says she doesn't know, but that Angel's situation wasn't his fault. Xander says what happened to Jenny is Angel's fault, and that's not right so much but um he says that <laughs> buffy wants to forget about jenny's murder so she can get angel back and that is right yeah yeah that is and it's it makes us angry because it's true yes absolutely yeah but i mean xander makes us angry in the scene and he's supposed to yeah yeah because he's because it is i mean uh-huh. well if, see the thing is if everybody was was team angel soul mm-hmm. then the audience would get angry yeah. Because no one's bringing up the other point of view. If right. somebody else holds that space, if somebody else makes us angry, then we can actually decide which side we're on. Right. And, and as we've observed before, if uh, if Buffy is in agreement with all of her parts, horrible things are going to happen. Horrible Like things. trying to kill another Slayer, you know, yeah. <laughs> just for revenge. <laughs> that kind of thing's going to happen. Uh-huh. If, she's, if Buffy's completely in agreement, that is terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happens when... Um... Or like they'll bring her back from the dead or something. Yeah, or that's what happens with Ted. <laughs> yeah, oh, it sure is. Yeah. yeah, she kills Ted and everybody's like, yay, great, you killed the human. What you thought was a human. Look at that. You yeah. kill it. Yay, well, good I'm for sure you. it wasn't your fault. Yeah. And yeah, they're all, you know, whereas the other time when she doesn't tell anybody, that's when she actually does the right thing mm-hmm. or tries to do the right thing. Most when she thinks she did. Oh, she way, way, somebody. way, way in the future. Way, 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 way. In the yeah. 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 I mean, the other she's time, able to decide that on her own. The other time we have some, some, some learning curve. Because it was an accident. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, with the look uh, Willow is giving Xander, I'm thinking he should be happy she hasn't come into her power yet. <laughs> uh, Buffy leaves because she's the one girl in all the world. At the museum. Oh, Doug. <laughs> I do hope you're doing something you enjoy for the last few minutes of your life. Huh. So, uh, the tomb of Katha really is whispering. Uh, Doug, since he's suddenly in a horror movie, gets up and does the hello thing. <laughs> Probably to just run if away I instead. If I was ever around an ancient artifact that started talking... Run! Uh, yeah. Run! I, I would have a priest so fast. Just run! And send yeah. the priest in by himself. Like, you run and go home. And yeah. you call a pri- and you call your boss. And, like, you need to get a priest. I quit. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm moving yep. out of the state. <laughs> <laughs> Going away now. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, but Doug goes over to the whispering tomb of a Catholic and touches it. And then Drusilla grabs him and eats him. <laughs> <laughs> We think, and it's a great mislead. Oh, we it's think great. we're going to get the typical horror show. <laughs> so and great. instead, we get something else. We get Drew. Yeah. <laughs> so fantastic. Angelus says that he'll take it to a Catholic to go, please. And he asks <laughs> Drew uh, to save him some of Doug. And then uh, we don't see how that turns out, which is a shame because Drew is really scary. I, I hope it was like the sexy bite with Xander and Dark Willow. <laughs> you know, like Camp Xander and Dark Willow, where it's like the, the little uh, mange-toi. Yeah. <laughs> on, on Cordy, if I recall correctly. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. I hope it was sexy like that. So <laughs> oh, Buffy is packing a bag of ba- badass Slayer gear, including her brass knuckles. Go, Buffy. Uh, she's on the phone I with us. I love it. I, I just love that she has them. I think that's fantastic. I bet her first watcher gave them to her. Yeah, they should have little wooden spikes. Oh, yeah. Instead of like the brass spikes, they should yes. have little wooden spikes. Which should be like the trench knife with the... the the spike out the top and then the spikes on the yes. knuckles. Yeah. yeah, like we used to yep. sell the cutlery. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, she's on the phone with Willow telling her that she'll stop by after patrol. She says that Xander was being a... We don't get Buffy's label for what Xander was doing, but Willow has one of her own. Sadly, we don't get to hear that either, but <laughs> it was a good one because yes. Buffy is impressed. Um, we were debating. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's as mild as Dickbag. I think she went all the way to Cocksucker. Yeah, I think Cocksucker's yeah. pretty good. Because that that would get Buffy's mm-hmm. attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the modern era, I would go with Douche Canoe. Yeah, well, that's... Buffy was like surprised. Like Buffy's That's like, true, oh yeah. no, but I, shit. I'm with you. I think yeah. Cox. <laughs> I think she went far. Either that, or yeah. it was either that, or Buffy was being sarcastic, and it was a mild one, like poopy That's head true. or something. Yeah, but yeah. there's no way she would go all the way to fuck face. Yeah, well, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but whatever it is, it's not suitable to network television. No, it is not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> if, if this was Buffy of Thrones, we'd get to hear it, but we don't. <laughs> Buffy of Thrones. <laughs> Slayer of Thrones. Oh Whatever. I like Buffy of Thrones. <laughs> Buffy better. of Thrones. I mean, Slayer of Thrones just sounds like you know, like when you walk around like, like you slay the throne. throne. Yeah. yeah. So I like I like Buffy of Thrones. Buffy of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> be a whole different show. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be, I would actually watch that one. I would totally watch the yeah. shit out of that. Oh yeah. Dear HBO, please, uh, if somebody's going to remake <laughs> Buffy, do you need to remake Buffy? Yeah. <laughs> She's telling Willow that she isn't sure what to do. And then uh, she picks up some stakes and sees her clatter ring Angel gave her. She picks it up and gets off the phone. She's mid-patrol when she hears a twig snap, and she gets ready for punching. But it's Kendra! Kendra! Hey, you should go back home now, okay? (laughs) Yeah, no reason except that you're awesome and we like you a lot. Yeah, but she's wearing leather, so she's got the power in this one. Yep. For a minute. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. The Slayer banter begins, and it's... A whole lot more friendly than the last time Kendra showed yeah. up and Buffy was an asshole. Uh, almost flirty. Yeah, yeah. Not like Faith flirty. No. Just a tad. But yeah, there's definitely a... um Teasing. Yeah. But you you agree there's a little bit of flirty? There's tension. Tra- tension. Yes. Just, just a, a smidge of tension. Yeah. Uh, which, which is good because we are prepping for some big shifts in the way that we see Slayerdom. Oh, yes. In the next yeah. episode, yeah, in the yeah. very next, the <laughs> next episode, we're we're gonna have to start record, recording like way early on that one. We're just yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like an eight hours. <laughs> I think so too. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we uh, I mean, we've been saying this this whole time that that um, uh, Slayer is production coding for we think bisexuality, mm-hmm. um, at least queerness, queerness for sure. Yeah, bisexuality because you know, face shows up. Um, well, and and the uh, the space occupied by gay people is witches. Yes. Yes. yes, and and obviously, I mean, Buffy isn't Buffy isn't a lesbian. She mm-hmm. is. She likes men. Yes, um, she dates men. She enjoys having sex with men. Mm-hmm. But then there's Faith. Yeah, there's Faith. Hi, Faith. What you doing there with all your <laughs> flirty, flirty sex eye? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and we'll point out the parts where Buffy returns those feelings to Faith. Yes, yeah. we will. There are a lot. People don't yes. usually concentrate on this, but there are a lot of times. It's very clear that Sarah Michelle Geller knew what she was doing <laughs> and knew yes. that this was something very, that was very, happening. Very, very, very And yep. pretty sure vampires are pansexual. I would think so. I think vampires reach down someone's pants and they are pleased with anything <laughs> that they find. I think so they too. are delighted. If they're in the mood and you happen to be in the mood even a little bit, we're down. Well, they're killing people all the time. They don't have sexual hangups. It's a beast that would be silly. Yeah. <laughs> Drew goes off with that chaos demon. I mean, ew. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what's going on up top, like it. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. 
<laughs> so um, <laughs> Buffy teases Kendra about not calling first, which sort of implies that they do talk on the phone once in a while, which is adorable. It is. Yeah. Kendra teases that she was testing Buffy's reflexes, and then Buffy says that she could be giving Kendra the Slayer hello right now instead. <laughs> uh, Kendra would prefer to not have the Slayer hello, uh, and says that she was on on the way to Buffy's and saw her patrolling, so she decided to be all sneaky Slayer. Buffy's been playing this game for a while, and says that she's happy to see Kendra and all, but guesses there's a reason for the visit she's not going to like. <laughs> Buffy guesses, in a Jamaican accent, that a very dark... I'm not going to do one. Uh, a very dark power is about to rise in Sunnydale. Kendra confirms this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Buffy asks if there are any details. And we see the two of a cathla, uh, just all kinds of surrounded by vampires. Yep. Uh, Spike observes that it's a big rock. <laughs> Accurate. It's talkative, too. <laughs> Spike thinks that his friends will be jealous because they don't have a rock this big. <laughs> Good one. wit back from spike so we're oh, yeah. seeing we're seeing costume change wise he's mm-hmm. getting better and he's more dangerous and he's more spike getting his mojo we're back. getting his mojo back yeah like we're <laughs> actually getting him engaging mm-hmm. you know he's quipping with angelus angelus is hitting him on the back of the head so he's acknowledging that he's not as hurt anymore without and, really acknowledging that he's not as hurt anymore yes um smart and, but stupid <laughs> and he's making funny funny quips mm-hmm. yeah Yep. Angelus chastises Spike for not learning his history. Hey, remember how <laughs> Buffy and Spike had matching red marks on their cheeks in school art and how we were all, this show is telling us that they cut from the same cloth. More evidence for that right yes, there. Indeed. Not so much with history, these two. Also, story-driven way to explain the history without having Absolutely. to do the talking head Nicely syndrome. Nicely done. <laughs> it's, uh, this is an interesting difference between Angelus and Spike, uh, because Angelus knows history, but hasn't learned from history, <laughs> uh, where Spike doesn't know history, but learns quickly from everything he experiences. Angelus will fall into the same trap over and over and over again, and Spike will hop over the trap after the first time he falls in it. Yeah, or just see it ahead of time. Like Absolutely. Trap. He, he usually falls in once, but yeah. then he's fine. I mean, dude doesn't have a soul. We got to cut him a little slack. On that one. That's true. And once he does get his soul, that's where Spike gets interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Very interesting. Yep. For sure. Yep. Uh, Spike sarcastically asks for a history lesson. And Angela says, a Catholic demon came forth to swallow the world. He was killed by a virtuous knight who pierced the demon's heart before he could draw a breath and perform the act. Akathla turned to stone, as demons sometimes do, and was buried where neither man nor demon would want to look. Unless, of course, they're putting up low-rent housing. <laughs> That's not me. That's a yeah. jealous who said that. <laughs> and okay, and this is where I get all, like, in a fluff. Like, <laughs> I would love to know more about this because there weren't any knights on this continent that we know of. Was, was Akathla an old one? Were the knights... With the old ones, did this happen on another continent, and then a Catholic got suctioned into this particular Hellmouth? Like, is or this maybe like the, the Knights Hellmouth of... is where you put things that you don't need? <laughs> right, because there does seem to be a lot of a lot like, of shit, ancient important relics just scattered right. around the exactly. Hellmouth. Like, I mean, is this like we we're saying with the Knights of Byzantium? Did Illyria have something to do with this? <laughs> Damn it, and jealous. I want <laughs> details. <laughs> How did this happen? I also like the little, like, offhand, like, as demons sometimes do. <laughs> where are these demons? We haven't seen them. We see the one that turns into, like, the walls. <laughs> right. Like, where's, where's the one that turns into stone? I want to see this. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It is great. I, I think the Hellmouth 
previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, <laughs> but previously, the Hellmouth was where you didn't go. Mm-hmm. It was like like it's the it junk like, like the junk drawer of the universe. Is that what we're yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of like lava. You know, let's go ahead and put this in lava. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, because there's Turokon down there. Yeah. <laughs> there's like 50 bajillion Turokons it's, down it's there. It's like when uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were pregnant, and so they went and stayed in that house that was in the middle of all the, the man-eating lions. Oh, yeah. It's just like that. But with yeah. Turokon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Less cute, the Turokon. Oh, not cute. No. Not cute. Things. Not even. Not, even. Um, not a kitty. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it was dangerous. I think you didn't go there. You definitely didn't fight there because we see what blood does to the seal. Yeah. So you certainly didn't wage war nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's all sealed up and there's like, you know, like humanity has actually protected the thing. Right. Which is probably how Sunnydale got. I mean, we know it was founded by the mayor on the Hellmouth, but there's probably a settlement there to protect the fucker thing. Right. For a long time. Like, well, because the Spanish. Yeah. But wait, this is way before. This is way before. Yeah. I just, oof. I want to know more about this. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think you should go nuts and just write that fanfic. <laughs> well, how am I going to work Faith and Buffy having sex into that fanfic? Time travel. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Done. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Some vampire minions crowbar the front off of the tomb off, and there's a Cathla, all stone and with a sword through him, just like Angela said. Drew is picking up all kinds of a Cathla speak, and he fills her head to the point where she can't hear anything else. Spike guesses that this is an Excalibur situation, and someone <laughs> has to pull out the sword. Angela says that, that, yes, it has to be someone worthy. And Spike says that once that happens, wackiness ensues. Um, Drusilla informs them that the wackiness in this case will involve a Cathla swallowing the entire world. And notice Drusilla's holding Miss Edith. <laughs> Again. Yay, Miss Edith! That Miss means Edith. that someone went back to get it for her? I don't know. Or she saved it. I like to think that she saved Miss Edith on the way out. Like she was wheeling Spike out. She's like, Ert! and then stopped and then got her. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's probably, Miss Edith. Probably so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Drew. Yeah. Uh, and Angela's, she's blindfolded. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, Angelus confirms that every living creature will go to hell. This is definitely where Spike goes from whatever you and your fancy schemes to. Okay, wait a second. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> He's hiding it from Angelus, but we can see the tell, telltale head shake, jaw clinch, and brow furrow. He's not liking this plan. No. Uh, and Angel's accent in here. This is where I noticed it the most the in little- this episode. The tiny touch of Irish. Just a little bit. Hmm. Just just a flavor. Interesting. And he continues this. If you listen, it's kind of like if you if you watch Giles really, really closely, you can see him vibrating in and out of Ripper. Right. Um, you can you can hear the Irish flavor just kind of infusing some of the vowels of of David Boreanaz's dialogue pretty much through the end of Angel. That's interesting. Yeah, I'm bad yeah. with accents, so I never pick up on that kind of thing. But yeah, <laughs> it was, there's de- a definite effort being made. I don't know if if it's appreciated much or if uh, you know. I don't know how much of it was him just kind of deciding this is how Angela speaks, or mm-hmm. or you know, really coaching himself along. But very interesting. It is. It's very pronounced when he's working with an Irish guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like it's like really pronounced there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still, I think it's brilliant. I like to think that he did that on purpose and I think it's, it's absolutely fucking brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Um, Angelus proudly announces that they're going to make history and 
Well, won't that be fun? Except that you're going to suck all the historians into hell too, and they just keep documenting. So <laughs> that's good. They're they're right. They're, I'm like picturing them writing as they're being like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, this was, fucking sucks. I mean, wouldn't you? This is like a big thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, would, that would go in my diary for sure. Yeah. yeah. In the library, Giles reports that the tomb of Akathla is missing from the museum, and Doug has been murdered. He knows it's vampires, too. <laughs> so, nice, Giles. <laughs> Apparently, Giles has been researching in between all the drama that's been going on, because Buffy asks him if he's sure it was the tomb of Alfalfa. <laughs> <laughs> that the vampires stole. This will uh, never get old. No. This pronunciation. <laughs> Giles corrects her, and he's totally over this whole thing. Uh, he says that Kendra's watcher gave him enough information, so it, that it's pretty obvious what's going on. Willow comes in and wants clarification on the suck the world into hell part. Uh, Giles explains that the demon universe exists in a dimension separate from our own. With one breath, a Cathla will create a vortex, a kind of whirlpool, that will pull everything on Earth into that dimension where any non-demon life will suffer horrible and eternal torment. Buffy's all, oh, so just like it says. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) She tells Willow that maybe they should go with the soul restoration spell. Kendra says she's siding with Xander and uh, with herself previously um, on the time-tested and, as we will find out later, Slayer-endorsed vampire, vampire slayer, dead vampire uh, (laughs) approach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, Buffy has a good point, though. She says she's going to go in and try her best to kill Angelus, but if she can't, or if she's too late, the only way to stop him might be to put his soul back in, because Angel himself wouldn't pull out the sword. It's a very good point. Mm-hmm. It's a good backup plan, really. It is. It would be, I think the opposite would be the better backup plan, where we immediately start to try and re-insult Angel, like, right fucking now. Yeah, <laughs> but Willow's going to be and, like, uh, oh, yeah. I can't. <laughs> You know, like right, right now. now. And if it right doesn't, now. if then if it doesn't work, yes. you go and, and kill. And maybe yeah. do that somewhere that's not obvious, like the library. Right. Uh, maybe go do that somewhere that Angel has never thought of or heard of. Like uh, Cordy's maybe... house. We never go to Cordy's house. Yeah, Let's go to Cordy's house. Perfect. She's... I'm pretty sure they have a pool house. <laughs> go do sure it in the pool are. house and and get a priest to come by and bless the whole pool. <laughs> yes. Like, so yeah, we should not do this in the library. We should do it somewhere else. We should start immediately mm-hmm. with backup materials so three or four tries can be done we need to get every wiccan on the planet on board with this and then buffy can go get the sword and go try and kill angelus while all of this else other stuff is happening i think that's the better version of the plan willow could certainly tap into use some of jenny's old logins and and ask her network of techno pagans to like start doing something form the circle yeah exactly Uh, but but part, but the part but of Willow the reason... is also a supernatural being. Uh-huh. After this episode, really smart, really fucking stupid. <laughs> really fucking stupid. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and Willow, the, and the reason, of course, they don't is that Willow, in spite of going on and on about how this is her duty and her responsibility, insists that she will crumble under the pressure of being the safety net in the plan, and that they need more plans. Um, I am glaring at her. I know. This, like, like, well, I'm dude, why like, didn't you say anything? Yeah. You should have said you couldn't do it. Right. So From the beginning. She got Buffy's hopes all up and stuff. Yeah. Like, Buffy, Buffy started to build that into her plan. Yeah. If you can't yeah. do it now, then what? Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kendra, though, has a most excellent plan. It's a giant sword. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Weapons are my favorite oh, plan. And Giles. <laughs> oh yeah. She, well, she says it was. She says it was blessed by a knight who slew the demon. And uh, thank you, Kendra, for saying slew. Uh, she's 
she's reasonably sure it will work. <laughs> Giles wants to play with the pointy sword, and Kendra hands it over. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> he asks Willow how long it will take to get the spell together. Willow says it will take about a day. What? Whatever. Whatever, Willow. Yeah, and that she needs, uh, she needs an orb of Thessala, though she's not sure what one of those is. Giles says that it's a spirit vault for the ritual of the undead. And the grenade joke, whose pin was pulled when Jenny was talking to the magic shop owner in passion, goes off. <laughs> as Giles says, he has one he's been using as a paperweight. <laughs> one of the best parts of this joke is that the magic shop owner said that he sold a few to tourists as paperweights, and Giles used the exact same wording the magic shop guy used to yes. describe the orb. So we know that the orb wasn't something Giles brought with him from England. He was one of the tourists in the magic shop guy <laughs> sold the orb to and was probably diagnosed as tourist because of his accent. Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, Willow says she won't be able to help Buffy study for her final, but Buffy says she'll just wing it. And I mean, priorities, Willow, end of the world and Hall. Buffy does say that if they get sucked into hell, she won't have to take her finals. Then she realizes that there are absolutely finals in hell. That's probably all hell is. Finals and meetings and meetings about finals. Like, that's probably it. And then she goes off into a little headspace. She goes off into, like, you just see her space out for a minute, like, oh, God. Oh, God. No. No. And then she's back. Yeah. (laughs) And we're back. Even more determined to not get sucked into hell because she'll have to take finals all the time. (laughs) Giles comes back with the orb and tells them that Angelus will also have to do a little ritual before he can remove Akathla's sword. And that might take a while because he's kind of stupid. Uh, Okay, that last part was just me. But this is the perfect example, right? (laughs) So Angelus is really smart because he recognizes the tomb of Akathla from a newspaper article and he goes and gets it. He knows all about the lore and such. And then he can't figure out how to open it. Even though the solution is really obvious for someone who is capable of learning as he goes along. Because Spike is able to learn, for whatever reason, he would have cracked that thing on the first or second try. Mm-hmm. And so would Angel. Uh, Angelus doesn't have a soul, so he's not able to learn on anything other than a book level. Thus, really fucking stupid, this is not a hard puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Giles hands the orb over to Willow, and Buffy looks like she's going to hyperventilate, which is understandable. She knows that she's either going to kill her boyfriend, or she's going to get him back, or, unbeknownst to her, it will be the worst possible combination of both of those things. <laughs> <God>, yeah. <laughs> In the mansion of the undead, Spike is pacing. He hears Drew calling to him, so he hurries back to his wheelchair and sits down. Uh, she tells him that it's time for fun. Not fun for everyone, like... Not so fun for the poor shirtless guy the vampire minions are dragging towards Akathla. Uh, Angelus is reciting a ritual uh, in which he says that his this guy's blood will cleanse him and he'll be able to pull out the sword. Part of the ritual is bear witness as I ascend, as I become. Well, that is the title of the episode. But, um, you know, nice try there. But it's not your show. So... <laughs> um, is this where we should talk about Angel's motivation? A little later. Okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. Should we just, save that? Just that. Should we save that for episode two? No, it'll come up. Oh, well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> fine, Miss Recap Girl. You just do that. I'll just be over here with my scotch. 
<laughs> he uh, he vamps out and bites the guy. He gets some blood on his hand and begins walking towards Akathla, saying that everything he has said and done has led him here. And we think that's right. He wants to end the world because uh, he was able to experience love for a brief second through... Oh, the... you meant like right now? Yes. Oh. <laughs> And a little bit later, too. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was in the world because uh, he was able to experience love for the for a brief second through the teacher's ghost in I Only Have Eyes for You. And he knows he can't feel that again without a soul. See, also, Darla on Angel the Series. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, uh, we are... Unless you want to talk about it. That's pretty much it, though. <laughs> uh, that is pretty much it. I, I think... Yeah. I think this is where he started hatching the plan. was way back after the teacher. Yeah. Where he's like, so murder-suicides... Sounds good. I'll take yeah. the rest of the world with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's the way for them to be together forever. Sure is. Yeah. Not the way he wants, though. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's... Uh... We'll talk yeah. about it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for, because right now, we're in Manhattan in 1996, and Angel is homeless and dirty and hunting rats and still looks more alive than Angelus on his best day. Yes. Angelus <laughs> is looking so dead. dead. So dead. So dead. So very dead. He's approached by a stranger who tells him he's disgusting. See, that's kind of how I picture New York. <laughs> the New Yorkers I've known have been exactly that blunt, and I really enjoy it. Yes. And Whistler is wearing leather. He is. So he's in power in this situation. He is indeed. Um, yeah, so this this is this is Whistler. <laughs> he, yes. tells an, he tells Angel that he's all smelly. Smelling of death, even, and looking like a crazy homeless guy. Angel gets all snarly and tells Whistler to get away from him, and then Whistler reveals that he knows what's up. He asks if Angel is going to bite him, and then fake gasps as at the scary vampire. Uh, Angel looks a bit surprised, and then Whistler tells him everything else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like how he knows Angel has a soul, and uh, Angel asks who he is, and Whistler suggests a walk. Whistler tries to keep Angel from getting hit by cars while he lectures him about not eating enough. Sort of like an Italian grandmother, that Whistler. Yes, uh, he, a bit. He suggests that Angel try getting blood from butcher shops. And Angel, why don't you get blood from butcher shops? He's Whatever. not up with the times. Well, well, but, but he was I mean, doing even, it in the 50s. But even, yeah, but even like in the current day, we don't, he's not. Well, no, we see him in, in the next uh, the next season getting blood from a butcher shop. They're little, but he still does the blood bank thing. It's like, I mean, because well, it's, the, it's like the first thing the Scoobies start. think of when they have a vampire house guest, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, butcher shop. Okay. Yeah. No, well, well, he runs into Buffy when she's getting um, information and he's buying blood yeah. at the butcher shop. So we're just, it's kind of like no one pees on television. <laughs> no one actually goes to get blood on television. It's just funny that I don't know why he'd bother with the... With the blood drop, the human blood drop, when he can just go to the butcher shop. Well, it tastes better. Oh, sure. Like, well, why do we get the 12 or the 15-year scotch instead of getting, like, wild turkey? <laughs> Isn't it ferret blood? They like? Otter. Otter blood that they like, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like... <laughs> Is this otter? Whistler <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. tells Angel that he doesn't do common sense things like getting butcher shop blood because he hasn't lived in the world. And Angel says... He wants to know who this dude is who's lecturing him about being skin and bones. Uh, Whistler says he wants to know who Angel is, and Angel thinks he already knows, but not so much. Whistler says that Angel is at a bit of a crossroads. Angel says that he has no idea what Whistler's talking about, and Whistler, like Drusilla, has apparently been cursed with Cassandra-itis, because he <laughs> says nobody understands him. 
Whistler formally introduces himself and buys a hot dog. And yes, I had to go make a hot dog while I was writing this. (laughs) I so wish, because he says dog me mustard. Mm -hmm. I so wish we had seen a close up of the the hot dog coming back to him with ketchup. Because nobody understands him, right? I I just, (laughs) ah, I so wish it didn't happen. Or like he hands him a cat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He hands him chicken. Yeah. Chicken sandwich. It just would have been so good. But it's not New York to not have a hot dog stand. So, you know, I get it. I just, that would have made my day. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, He says that lately his name is Whistler, which is interesting. Angel notices that uh, the eating and concludes that Whistler isn't a vampire. So I guess Spike really is the only one who eats real food. Yeah, that's interesting. He is the most human. Yep. And doesn't mind being that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whistler says that technically he's a demon. Uh, he says that not only demons are dedicated to the destruction of all life. We'll get more into that when Angel has his own show, as well as later in, in uh, later seasons on Buffy. Uh, Angel asks what Whistler meant with all of his can-go-either-way crosswoods talk. And uh, Whistler says that Angel could either disappear in further into isolation and rodent eating, or he could become an actual person. Angel's... Become... Hmm? become- Yes, become, yes. Not, is... not his show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's later with his own show. <laughs> That's a Buffy show. <laughs> Angel says he wants to be left alone, and Whistler asks if his previous 90 years of isolation isn't enough. Angel asks what Whistler wants, and Whistler says he wants Angel to see something, but they have to leave now. The deal is that Angel will see what Whistler wants him to, and then he'll tell Whistler what path he's going to go on. Angel asks where this thing is, and it's in L.A., Man, okay, Whistler is dedicated. So Angel can't take a plane, as he's mentioned, because the chance of sun exposure is too great. So Whistler spent over 40 hours of drive time in a car with a grumpy vampire. Who smells bad, apparently. Oh, terrible. Um, <laughs> and I, I admire that. I wonder how many bottles of beer on the wall he got to before Angel tried to strangle him the first time. <laughs> I bet so, he made Angel right in the trunk. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so yes, Los Angeles, 1996 is what it is. A car with a completely painted over windows, pulls up in front of what we know is Henry High School. Angel rose down the window and, oh, man! Okay! Apparently, he didn't even shower. Like, Whistler spent over 40 hours in a car with a <laughs> sticky, death-smelling vampire that he can smell from 20 yards away. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Dedication. Angel, take a fucking shower, dude! <laughs> That's gross! In the same clothes. Oh, so Gross. Yuck. Yeah. 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 Uh, we see Buffy in her previous life as Cordelia, all color-coordinated with her snooty friends. Buffy has a lollipop, so she's in full, naive child mode. And yeah, she sounds exactly like Cordy. <laughs> yeah, she does. Her dad expected her to wear an outfit. She's like already worn to the dance, and she's like, so totally over Tyler. Like, And she's going to wait for after the practice for him to grovel, that kind of thing. <laughs> for some reason, Angel is impressed by this. Um... Okay, well, he does have a type, doesn't he? Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy's friends leave, and in a brilliant, brilliant costuming and prop move, she sucks on her lollipop and then takes off her pink jacket to reveal the red inner lining, and that so is so good. slick. I can't even so stand good. it. And she's wearing a white top, just like we saw her mm-hmm. so much in in the first season. Yep. It's so yeah. slick. So, so good. It's so good. <laughs> and it makes my theory so explicit. Yeah, well, they called out with the metaphor earlier. They did, yes. <laughs> it's metaphor blood. There I'm just so happy my theory came through. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so happy. Uh, she's approached by a mustachioed gentleman who asks if she is Buffy Summers. She says she is in her bouncy way. And look behind his head. It says Angelus. Yes, it does. <laughs> like, he's covering up Lost, but it says Angelus yeah. on the school bus behind him. Mm-hmm. 
spelled different, same word. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure they just couldn't resist. Like, they went ahead and had the school bus, and they're like, hey, just move just to the left. there, will you? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he says he needs to speak with her. Buffy thinks she's in trouble for stealing lipstick, but no, it's way more complicated. He tells her that her destiny awaits, and she needs to come with him. Buffy says she doesn't seem to have a, really have a destiny, but um, she seems to doubt that. We can read Buffy pretty well at this point, and the way she's protesting here is the way she denies things she already knows are true. Yeah. And I do love when he says Buffy Summers and she's like, hi, hi, why, why, hi, yeah, hi, yeah, what, 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 hi, hi, what? Hi, hi. <laughs> she's, so, she's so cute. <laughs> we know that uh, that some girls get watchers when they're still potentials, but Buffy's reaction implies that she's already been called because she knows what he's saying sounds right to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he well, tells, and we know from the movie, because this is vaguely movie-ish, right? Um, you know, that she was called first. Yeah, and and yeah, I think this bears that out because he he is so kind of breathlessly like, oh, thank God I found you because this isn't like a thing that might happen. This is a thing that already happened. And yeah, we need to do something. they were probably expecting some more badass girl. Like they came and saw Buffy and were like, uh, no, like they're expecting a faith kind of person. Yeah, like yeah. they're or yeah. Kendra kind or of Kendra person. Or yeah, anybody else, yeah. <laughs> any of the other potentials. Because we see some badass potentials get killed, mm-hmm. you know, in later on. We yeah. see, like, all these really cool discotheque chicks and yeah. and everything. And so, you know, they probably, like, swung into, into L.A., took a look around, saw Buffy, said, not a chance in hell. Let's go find somebody else. <laughs> yeah, we'll go find another one. And then, guess who? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her that she's the chosen one and starts in on the one girl in all the world speech with... You alone can stop them. Buffy asks uh, whom she's supposed to stop, and he says, naturally, vampires. So this is Buffy's <laughs> first watcher. This is the guy she never talks about because she loved him and he died. If she hadn't loved him, she would probably mention her first watcher. But even by the end of the series, she will never have, have mentioned him at all. Um, because seven years after we meet her when the series ends, it still hurts too much mm-hmm. for her to talk about what happened to him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... It's, we don't even find out about him from Buffy. We find out about him from Angel. Yeah. That's how much this hurts for Buffy. Yeah. That is, it's really significant that we just never talk about him. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming Giles just knows. Yeah. Because of the Watcher's Council and everything. And he just knows because it was, it was probably along the lines of whatever happened to Faith's Watcher. Well, yeah, that's, because we can see uh, either what's already happened to Buffy or um, (laughs) what will be happening to Buffy through Faith. Mm -hmm. We talk about Faith all the time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because, yeah, I mean, Faith shows up and she has no dad. Mm -hmm. And her Watcher was gruesomely torn apart. Yep. And her mom was a bit shite. (laughs) And (laughs) eventually dead. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and I mean things are always a little bit worse for Faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, she always has a much, I think, a bit of a worse spin on it. But we can guess that Buffy's Watcher died in a similar kind of yes. traumatic well, way. And and since we're getting a little bit into the Greek stuff, that is sort of the recipe of the Greek hero. Oh, it's it's, it's absolutely absent it's, father, mm-hmm. supernatural awakening. You know, dead mom, and it's um, and it's the epic hero as well. Yeah, I mean, it, Luke, it, well, it's either dead mom or god mom uninvolved. Right. I mean, this, <laughs> sort of this is the same. I mean, this is like the Luke Skywalker story. Your mentor mm-hmm. has to get killed off you know, before yes. you can be fully awake. Very true. But, yeah. you know, it didn't really happen for Buffy. She was just hoping to escape. Mm-hmm. She didn't have that moment of, oh, well, now I must embrace the Force. And she's you like, know? oh, fuck. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Use her, the Force, Harry. Her moments come later. Uh-huh. Yeah. They do. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's she's not one that learns from from that because she was still, I mean, probably part of her mind wondered when her watcher first died if she was still in the asylum. Probably. For probably. at least a minute. I bet that was part of her denial. Or maybe yeah. maybe that's when she had to go away for a minute, too. We don't know. Sure, it would make sense if she got locked up and her watcher got killed and she got out and found out he was dead. And then burned down the school. To kill the asbestos vampires. <laughs> yes. I mean, that would it would make sense that she would retaliate in, in a really mm-hmm. rash fashion without a watcher. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if she was, yeah, if she was put away and he was trying and, to go patrol like Giles does, yep, and she would blame herself for spilling the beans to her parents and getting locked up. Mm-hmm. She so wasn't she there would... to help him. She wasn't there to save him. Yep. And they never knew him, so they couldn't help out. And she just knows that he got torn apart, and she wasn't there to to see what mm-hmm. happened or be with him in his last moments, stuff like that. She feels like she abandoned him. Yep. That would certainly echo what happens to Giles in the next episode. Yes, it would. And uh, and why she's why... so desperate that she teams up with Spike to help him. Yeah. Like this is not going to happen again. Interesting. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think mm-hmm. we've I think we've found something. Huh. Seems like yeah, seems like a sensitive little area. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. we're just bullshitting, but it kind of makes sense. I don't think it? we're we are we are only half bullshitting. <laughs> we are bull crapping. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of it kind of fits in. No, it, it it totally because fits they're in. they're telling us about him when we when the next episode something's going to happen to Giles. This is, it's similar, I mean, it sounds like it's kind of similar to what happened to Faith. They grabbed her watcher. Mm-hmm. She couldn't save her watcher. Yeah, but she saw what happened to her watcher. She sure did. And Buffy didn't. And so if and is that always better? one step worse for Faith. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing. Is that better or worse? It's worse to see her watcher get torn apart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But Faith, of course, is willing to talk about it because Faith talks about everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what Faith is thinking. Just ask. She'll yeah, tell you. Totally. <laughs> Where well, Buffy is, of course, the opposite. Well, Buffy learned that if she talks about how she's feeling, she ends up institutionalized. Once when she tried, even when she tries to talk to her friends they're mm-hmm. like oh no we're done everything's fine no, Buffy. everything's fine shh, shh, shh. Yeah. <laughs> everything's fine you just be quiet now okay let's yeah. either everything's fine or you're wrong yes absolutely yep poor puffy because it's wrong <laughs> <laughs> that's a great episode it's just a great episode um <laughs> Uh, then we get to see Buffy's first staking, which is a treat. <laughs> well, not the heart. <laughs> I love that. It's the most Buffy first staking. Oh my god, it's so good! It's, With the, the outfit and the pants. Oh and... yeah, and, well, and the outfit is very childlike. She is still in this. Yes. You know, she had the lollipop and she's in this very childlike state, mm-hmm. uh, which goes with the metaphor of the whole show. She's moving towards adulthood. This is way before she even started her journey towards adulthood. Oh yeah. Um. As Angel watches, a vampire tackles her, and she pushes him away, and then she gets the stake and looks at it like, the fuck am I supposed to do with this shit? <laughs> she <laughs> she flips him onto the ground and looks around at where I'm guessing her watcher is hiding, as Giles used to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking he probably waved her towards the vampire, because <laughs> she's like... He was doing the, like... Yeah, like... <laughs> like the masturbation yeah, Exactly. <laughs> the, the, thing from, the thing from Hush. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she's like, we're doing it at each other right now. That's why we're, <laughs> and, uh, and she's like, oh, right. And runs over and stakes him, but not because she misses the heart. Uh, she finally gets it though. And the actual dusting scares her. Yes. <laughs> it's so cute. It's like the cutest Buffy moment. It is. It's so but not a sexy moment, Angel. Ugh. I don't, uh, I, I have a different take on what he says about how he felt. I know. About her. But this should, this should kind of poison the well. Like, <laughs> saw her when she was like 15 years old yeah that's true <laughs> right. but greek 
mythology. I know Greek mythology. <laughs> <laughs> her watcher comes out from behind wherever he was and asks if she sees her power now. Buffy's still a little too freaked out for that, though. <laughs> At home, Joyce is all snappy with Buffy about why she is late and why she didn't call and all that parent stuff. Buffy says she didn't realize it was so late. She makes up something about how she and the Tyler guy were talking, and Joyce doesn't like Tyler. He's irresponsible. Buffy says it isn't Tyler's fault, and Joyce says that she and Hank worry. Joyce gets in and gets kind of snappy again about how dinner is in ten minutes. At first, I kind of thought, wow, that's that's strict. Um, Buffy was home before dinner, and she still got in trouble. Uh, but then, yeah, if your kid doesn't call and isn't staying late for some school-related thing, you'd be worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially and this they're... is the first time she's done this. And they're in L.A. Yeah. They are in L.A. And, and you know, I know we're, we're nice girls from Utah. We probably have an unrealistic uh, view of L.A. Because we've watched Angel the Series and we know yes. what it's like there. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but it is, there are different things that you can – I mean, like, if you're home late from school in Salt Lake City, at least in the 90s, okay, there were some drugs. There were some parties. There were a few mm. raves even. But mm. really, like, you're not going to be getting up too much. Right. Like, if, if you're not home – after dinner, then your parents are really worried. Yeah. But yeah, if you're just getting home from school and you haven't contacted anybody at dinner time, not a big deal at all. Yeah, like we, yeah. but we're we're very, especially back then. I think now we're a little bit more of a city with like yeah. real things happening. Yeah. Um. But yeah, back then. But now there's cell phones, and so it's yeah. Yes. But yeah, I mean, this was before cell phones, so mm-hmm. absolutely. Um. And I think we're seeing Joyce as the strict but good mom, uh, which the show has suggested was the case. Plus, there's another reason why Joyce is a bit on edge. Uh, Buffy goes into the bathroom, and we hear that reason. Hank starts shrieking at Joyce about how Buffy was with Tyler and shriek, shriek, shriek. Wow. Okay, first, Mm -hmm. Buffy, obviously, the divorce had nothing to do with your slaying, because your parents are fighting all crazy, and it's your second day. I would have guessed it was her first day, (laughs) but she has changed jackets and hasn't been home. Yeah. So, uh, second... Jesus, Hank is a shrieking harpy, isn't he? Props to Joyce for not beating him to death with whatever was nearby. Joyce is absolutely backing up Buffy in her fight with Hank, though. And we can see even more of how Joyce lost her confidence and started relying on books. Um, She knew what was good for her daughter, and she followed her instincts. But then Buffy started getting into Slayer-related trouble. And, of course, Joyce doesn't know anything about the Slayer part, so she starts thinking that her parenting is screwed up and it screwed up her kid somehow and she get she's got a shrieking shrew of a husband second guessing her so yeah i, I can absolutely and see how that happened probably putting their daughter into an institution yeah, oh yeah i think it because was idea. what he says is mm-hmm. i'm it's something like i'm gonna have to be the one to discipline her yeah. all of the time yep even though he's not the one he's not even the one talking to her yeah. about being home late he can't even do that yeah, no, he's in the other room. He can't even so... go in with Joyce and talk to, to, to Buffy about that. He's a yeah. complete uninvolved backseat driving parent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. fuck that. Yeah, so I bet he's the one who just decided, no, we're going to check her into an institution. Probably, yep. Yep. Yep, because it was easier than actually talking to his daughter. Yeah, it's much easier. One, he's, he's... We, and we've seen that with, with Hank, too. He Instead mm-hmm. of talking to Buffy, he tells, takes her shopping and does all this kind of well, stuff. Well, and we see that with Cordelia, the shadow self, where her daddy is completely uninvolved, but always lending her the car. Mm-hmm. And Cordy turns out okay, but she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, but she definitely has issues. Yeah, I mean, a couple. Cordy but not has like... some issues with, with men. Yeah, not quite like Buffy's poor daddy issues, because Buffy's no, got... Wow, no, Buffy's got... No, Buffy's but I mean, well, it's just like, issues. we can look at Faith to see what Absolutely. has happened to Buffy as a slayer, but we can look at Cordelia to see a certain representation of what kind of life Buffy had. Absolutely. And so the uninvolved 
throw money at it father. Yes, absolutely. You know, and Cordy probably turned out the way she did because she had a nanny. Probably. (laughs) Probably. Or or maybe her mom didn't take a lot of shit. Who knows? Yeah. Or she's just one of those, like, weirdly self-parenting people who just kind of, like, did her own thing and watched a lot of MTV and figured it out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, she might. That would probably... Yeah. Yeah. That's probably more like it. (laughs) She had just enough enough resources and just enough brain to be able to figure out what she should be doing most Mm -hmm. of the time. Well, and Cordy's dead. Until, I mean, until he fucks up and loses all her money and everything, is still involved. Yeah. More involved than Hank. What happens to her parents after that? She moves to L.A. and tells him to fuck off. I guess so. I'm my, Honestly, if he embezzled that much, he's probably in prison. Well, if she lives up to her namesake, something else might have happened to oh, We'll have to get to that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so Angel, lurking as he does, sees Buffy having a lonely little cry in the bathroom. Oh. Oh. Cute. See, I think this is when he loves her. Not not like sexy love. That happens yeah, later. But I, I still think it should poison the well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, there's... Well, like, uh, like you know, how, how you want to set the comic books on fire because Xander is dating Dawn? Yeah. I think it's the same kind of thing. Okay. Like, yeah. if you, <laughs> if it's you, true. <laughs> if you first meet somebody when you're like a 200-something-year-old vampire and she's 15. Yeah. <laughs> and she isn't even but a slayer he, yet. But he says, I love you, I try not to, but I do. Right. And it happens over a period of time where he, you know, like she shows up in Sunnydale. He's been off doing whatever with Whistler, mm-hmm. figuring out how to wear his jammies in public. Right. Um, <laughs> his velvet jammies. Yeah. I think he still lets Whistler dress him, which is tragic. Probably. Um, but yeah, so he runs off and tries to become a person. Mm-hmm. Become a person. I'm just going to keep saying the word become, apparently. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then, you know, Buffy grows up a little bit, has more experiences, because mm-hmm. he doesn't know everything else that happens to her. He just sees enough of her to become inspired to work on himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he shows up and he's kind of like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah. Shit. And I think that's where it really starts. The attraction really starts because he's in the alley with her and he's kind of like trying not to flirt. But yeah, but, but, I, but, I, think, but I think the show is still telling us that they're not ever going to work no, because I think shouldn't. we're supposed to feel a little squicked by this. Yeah. You know, because he's he's like he's like dirty, nasty, like creeper guy mm-hmm. yeah. staring at Buffy, who is 15. And I think I think they're just telling us mm-hmm. that. Yes, it looks like they might get back together, but really, this is not going to work. Yeah, it's, it's not like, going to work. It was good for the time. Like we've been saying, this was mm-hmm. he was Mr. Right now, not Mr. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, the sh- I think the show has been very consistent with telling us that without, mm-hmm. while at the same time saying, no, they're meant to be, they're wonderful. It's no, very interesting the way they do it. Yeah. Well, we, we, we follow the emotional beats of our heroine, mm-hmm. Buffy, while telling a story that isn't necessarily about that. So emotionally, we tell Buffy's story. Externally, we tell a different story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whistler chats with Angel about how hard it will be for Buffy since she's just a kid. No, I mean, they're all kids, Whistler. Slayers aren't exactly called when they're 21, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's why that dies a damn much. Mm-hmm. Whistler mutters about how the world is full of big bad things. Angel says he wants to help Buffy. He wants to become someone. Whistler remarks on how Buffy must be prettier than the last Slayer because Angel is all moony. I... Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> She's like 15 and he's a bajillion. Anyway, I know, I'll drop it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, because, I mean, I'll never be fully on board with this. But, I'm, okay, I won't even date somebody who's like 25. <laughs> That's too young. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> well, Angel is emotionally stunted. Yeah, but too. Liam was like 26. Going on 17. <laughs> yeah, but still. 
Like, Xander looks mature next to Liam. I know, but yucky. I mean, that's the thing, is he's a man-boy. Uh, Whistler tells Angel that being a person isn't easy, and how the more you live in the world, the more you see how apart from it you really are. True story. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> he also tells Angel that he's in terrible shape and can't fight with anything in his current condition. Angel says that he wants to learn from Whistler, but doesn't want to dress like him. <laughs> he who wears velvet blazers shouldn't throw stones, big guy. <laughs> he doesn't yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like he does any better. <laughs> he was styling in the 50s. Indeed, because he was still kind of living in the world at that point. Mm -hmm. Whistler says that Angel is annoying him, so he's lucky they need him. So <laughs> Whistler was hit by the powers that be, uh, I think we're safe to assume. And uh, that he's like Doyle um, from uh -huh. Angel's eventual show, who is part demon and works for the powers. And I so wish he'd been Doyle from the beginning, but that's just me. That would have been cool. I mean, yeah. Like, I'm I'm happy with the show exactly as it is. Mm -hmm. And yet, I I would have loved the the poetry of an Irish person yeah. connecting with Liam yeah. to lead him back into... I don't know. There's something about that that would have been really poetical to me. Um, and they'll do it later. Yeah, but they do. They I, do it and later. I, I think Glenn Quinn was locked into Roseanne as a, on his contract. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And good thing he was on there, because he was great on that show. He was. Uh, but this is Angel's first step toward becoming champion. Uh, back in the mansion of the undead, Angelus is still <laughs> walking towards Akathla, saying that Akathla will redeem him from how much he's strayed and how lost he has been. Uh, he says, with this act, we will be free. And we've talked about this before a lot, but he confirms even more here that this is a suicide bomb. Mm-hmm. So he grabs the sword, and there is much with the lights and Drew looking... Like, the end might finally be near for her. <laughs> and then nothing. Angelus gets booted across the room. Spike taunts him musically about his unworthiness. Is someone wasn't worthy. <laughs> yeah, so awesome. Angelus is angry, and Drew is disappointed. And, and she drops, and she drops the <laughs> with a thud. A little tiny thud. <laughs> Angelus starts raving about how something wasn't right, and Spike is laughing like he totally knows what the problem is, because, <laughs> duh... <laughs> Drew asks uh, what they're going to do, and Angela says uh, they'll do what they always do. Um, ask Darla? Oh, right, not that. Uh, okay, what? <laughs> Turns out they're going to turn to an old friend and basically cheat off someone else's homework. Sounds about, <laughs> sounds about right without Darla around, doesn't it? <laughs> yep. He smashes a vase because that's much better than just thinking about things. <laughs> Angela, stop and think for a second. How many different kinds of blood are they, right? Someone else's and yours. This should only take two guesses. <laughs> Buffy is in class taking one of her dreaded finals, it looks like. She uh, looks around like something is bothering her. It seems almost like she heard something, and her reaction is very similar to when she was at the mall and sensed, uh, sensed a Gorch brother. So I'm thinking her tragically underdeveloped Slayer senses are pinging. <laughs> Anything? Uh-huh. She has that, like, what the fuck is going on kind of yeah. feeling. Xander, well, she's, she's distracted doing both times that her senses work. Both times that her senses work. Um, She's distracted with something else. Yeah, she's not thinking. Yeah, she, yeah. It's, so yeah. It, it's allowed to come through. Well, it's sort of like um, if you're trying to remember something that you, you know, that you, you say you, you walk into a room, like, why did I come in here? If you can distract your brain enough, it'll kind of pop in there. But if mm -hmm. you think about it too hard, it just 
runs away. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah, when she's trying to find the vampires, they're everywhere because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But she's heavily involved in thought both times yep. when her senses you actually kind of go, ding! Yeah, and, and you, yeah. We, we'll see later when we see some of her training, mm-hmm. uh, much later, uh, that a lot of it is just meditation and concentration and, and, yeah. and, and actually honing, you know, honing her slayer senses. That's what and I mean. Stupid <laughs> ass little sisters. I know, it's such a cool scene until then. I know. It's a beautiful scene. Yeah, well, it's, it's such a good introduction to the character. It is. It's just you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anymore. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> so uh, Xander, beside her, is frustrated with his test. In the hallway, we see a cloaked figure and hear some ominous music, so something is definitely up. The hooded figure comes in and tells Buffy, Tonight, sundown at the graveyard. You will come to him. The teacher tries to ask what the fuck said hooded figure is doing in her classroom. But the hooded figure in vamp face is starting to sizzle and smoke a bit. She finishes with, You will come to him or more will die, and takes off her shawl, erupting into flames as the sunlight hits her. She has more to say about his hours at hand. And, well, that's effective in getting the, the point across, but, Angelus, don't you need all of your minions if an angry slayer <laughs> is trying to kill you? Speak <laughs> more, it's fine. <laughs> like a trained one who's that yeah. dedicated might be good to have around. Possibly. <laughs> also, I love how Buffy is such a badass, she doesn't even drop her pencil. Yeah, she's just like, ugh. Like, oh, Christ, her. really? Yeah. God damn it. Well, at least the, the final's canceled. <laughs> Everybody else runs away. Yeah. I do like how the Scoobies all kind of stand there, like, at the ready. Yeah, like, Xander takes a couple of steps back. He gets yeah. up, and, and there's there's one gal kind of in the back of the room who doesn't move. Probably potential Slayer as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but Buffy's just like, ugh, fine. She's, she's almost doing the caveman Buffy at her, like, really? <laughs> really? With that? Oh, so dramatic. <laughs> Drama queen vampires. <laughs> In the library, Buffy is so slayer, she doesn't realize that this is really, really, really a trap. She is telling Giles that the nice immolating lady said that more would die if she doesn't show up. Kendra insists that she needs to go, too, and man, I wish she had. I mean, yes, I know that one of my very favorite all of, of, of characters of all time happens when Kendra dies, but I like Kendra, and I don't want her to die. Yeah. I mean, what I want is for her to die just, like, enough, so... Like Buffy does all the time. Yeah, we should and figure then, out how to do that with the Slayers. We should we should have like um um, um like flatliners with yes, Slayers. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Yes. we should have flatliner with Slayers. <laughs> I know. Well, right, because then we could have a bunch without yeah. even having to activate them all. You just like flatline them, and then yes. yeah. So I mean, how cool is that? We have three Slayers. <laughs> that That'd would be, be awesome. Cool. But then Kendra and Faith would go get it on, and we wouldn't have Fuffy. True. They'd be so funny together. <laughs> I really mean, seriously, like, I, I think I talked about this on a previous episode, but can you imagine, like, Faith calls up Kendra and she's like, what is going on? Everybody thinks I'm a fuck up. Is, I'm not sleeping with vampires. Would, what is happening? It would just be, it would be just as awesome as a Buffy Supernatural crossover. Oh, yeah. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy tells Kendra that she needs to stay in the library and protect Buffy's crew, just in case. So she kind of feels like this might be a trap, but can't Mm. ignore the need to cover her bases. And I understand that. But at the same time, as Kendra accurately pointed out in What's My Line, even the idea of Angel clouds Buffy's judgment so she can't see what's going on. And as Buffy says, Angel equals maximum wig. Yep. Yep. And this is just the idea. This is is the the chance of Angel, and she's Mm -hmm. lost it. Yep. Clouds of judgment, big time. (laughs) 
she says sort of breathlessly uh, that she can take care of herself and that she'll at least be able to distract Angelus and delay the end of the world long enough for Willow to do this whole restoration spell. Willow wants even more time to get her ducks in a row for the spell, but Buffy says she's just going to have to go for it because they've run up against a pretty massive deadline. Willow says she needs half an hour, and Giles, fishing around for a book, <laughs> tells Buffy she needs to hold Angelus off until they can stuff his soul back in him. <laughs> he tells her that if the curse works, she'll know. Yeah, she sure will. Thanks for reminding us of the horrible thing that's coming up in the next part of, the, yeah, thanks, part of this Giles. episode. I mean, ow. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She knows right away. She sure does. <laughs> yep. Oh. <laughs> He tosses a book to Xander, and, uh, which is an awesome little touch. Oh, yeah. Which I means they've kind of made up. They're getting there. Yeah, they're getting there. Yeah. It's, it's, you know. Xander's still his wingman, kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. he's, he's still helping. Yeah. Cordy wonders why I Buffy doesn't. I think Xander's one slip up away, but he's not. Yeah, it's. He's, he's not there. He's okay. Because Xander's still helping with the reinsolvent ritual. Yes. And and he is the one that, you know, he's absolutely, he's included in it. And mm -hmm. Giles doesn't throw the book really hard at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cordy wonders why Buffy doesn't just wait with them to see if the spell works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds like a good plan, but... <laughs> I mean, honestly, this is the end of the season, so Buffy should be on alert for her shadow self making <laughs> tons and tons of sense. <laughs> but it's Angel. Like, she is here. Yeah, exactly. It's Angel. You know, alas, Buffy doesn't know about the Jungian theories embraced by this show, so she says that staying with them would risk him killing more people. She turns to leave, and Kendra, Kendra, she gives Buffy her favorite steak, Mr. Pointy. And this is a gift that Buffy will hang on to. And mm -hmm. rumor has it, one that Sarah Michelle Geller kept. Oh, I know. That's so cute. I know. Isn't that adorable? Yeah. But well, uh, Nathan Fillion kept the, the thing from Out of Gas. Um, the piece. The episode where they have all the flashbacks. Oh, and then, okay. Yeah, he kept that. It's actually on the set of Castle. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's adorable. That's, that's one of the things that she kept. Mm -hmm. That is really cute. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Buffy is surprised that Kendra named her steak, probably for a lot of reasons, including what she knows about Kendra and, and also Buffy's own mixed yes. feelings about well, being a slayer. And, and we've discussed, we we're discussing privately that Kendra is coded kind of gay. Super gay. Yeah. Look in, at her outfit. In, yeah. Yeah. And presence, like she's got the, like she's always been kind of square shouldered, but she's, she's a little extra. Tomboyish. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Yeah, she's doing the, the more chest forward thing. She's, I mean, she's, yeah, she's got a big fucking belt, big boots. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the big leather jacket, type yeah. Garb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's coded as pretty gay. She's rated face wardrobe, is what she's done. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She went to the uh, the closet marked lesbian wear. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Television lesbian wear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The the soft butch lesbian wear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Buffy offers to get Kendra a stuffed animal, but does take Mister Pointy and thanks Kendra sincerely. Kendra tells her to watch her back. And yeah, you too, Kendra. Too bad they didn't punch each other one more time as a slayer goodbye. Mm. In the cemetery, Buffy does indeed find Angelus, who greets her with "Hello, lover. I wasn't sure you'd come. I don't think she did." Uh, <laughs> 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 <I don't. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy mentions that he, the uh, immolationogram was successful in getting her attention. She asks why he isn't currently pulling the sword out of Alfred. <laughs> 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 
We need this right now. We need yeah, this. she's quipping, so that's a good yes, sign. Yes. <laughs> and this is why the show is so great. Comic relief, just giving mm-hmm. us these nice breaths of comic relief. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says he wanted to say goodbye because she's the only thing in this particular dimension that he'll miss. Wait, everything's getting sucked into hell, so I don't think he has any idea what he's doing. So, obviously, <laughs> if you suck every living thing into a hell dimension, one of the living things that's going to come out on top is a vampire slayer. So, but- and if that and that slayer is going to hunt you down and kill you just, like, a lot. <laughs> this just barely hung, up, hung me up. If you're sucking every living thing into a hell dimension, does that leave behind the vampires? No, because we see them get sucked into the hell dimension. Yeah, that's true. Everything. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Everything gets stuck whoop, all yeah. in the hell dimension, including yeah. a pissed off vampire slayer. It's <laughs> <laughs> just inviting along a wolverine. This will go well. No, I, 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 take, put a wolverine in a pillowcase yeah. and put it over your head. Well, I mean, it's it's just like Dean in Purgatory. <laughs> With a vampire slayer facing you around. Yeah, it's like oh. Dean and his vampire buddy in Purgatory just having a blast going through and killing everything. Yeah. It's supernatural. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, that's what I was, and that's kind of what I was thinking of, is Buffy is going to love this hell dimension. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be so much fun for her. <laughs> also, the Slayer who just got called is going is, is to get called before this whole thing goes down. So Faith is going to be there, too. Oh, that's true. There's two badass Slayers who are really fucking pissed off. <laughs> yep. He has not thought and about the Watcher this at all. and the Scoobies who right. can help get out. Yeah, Willow, who is going to be working and by that point, is going to have all kinds of witchy powers going on. Like this is true. a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I I do think it's interesting that he says that she's the one thing he's going to miss. Oh well, yeah. I mean, he's he's absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we were talking about. This is absolutely. He he felt he experienced what love was like for a second, and he knows he can yeah. never have it. And he just, <laughs> he's just so dumb. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like, dude, everything's gonna get sucked into hell dimension. He's dumb. He's a big dumb man. <laughs> I mean, even with no idea. That slayers are infused with infused with demon essence, which I mean, he doesn't know. None of us know right now. Yeah, you can still connect the dots. Like they're <laughs> fucking scary. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and um, but we haven't seen it too much yet, except during Ted. But I can imagine that being in a hell dimension would greatly enhance Buffy's love of hunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like you said with Dean. Yeah. And later in the series, when Buffy comes back from the dead again um <laughs> we'll see that if buffy's humanity has taken a powder what's left it's all fucking slayer yes <laughs> and if you're if you're a vampire with whom uh said slayer has issues I mean, good fucking luck right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no yeah yeah this is a, a poorly thought out plan but it's not one that he was thinking he wasn't like searching for a cathla he was searching for something and a Catholic is what landed in his lap. So it's not like it matched his plan perfectly. It's just... He just needs less vase-throwing, more thinking. Yeah. He just needs to sit and think about some stuff. He's in, Wait a second. Everything gets sucked into the hell. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's in a lot of pain. He's just looking for a way out. And yes. uh, as we've discussed, supernatural beings, unless they are an embolic... Not an embolism of gram. No. <laughs> Immolation. Immolation <laughs> Unless they're an immolationogram where there is a reason 
supernatural beings don't self-terminate very well. Right. They have a really difficult time. Right. Because seriously, no Slayer, once they get called, would let themselves continue. Well, he should have he gone the Faith route and just let Buffy do it. Yeah, but that's like letting her win, and he just can't. He, yeah. Yeah, because it's more of has... an angel move than an angelic yeah, he's move. Got, yeah, I mean, he's got yeah. no soul, and he's a vampire, mm-hmm. and he's got yeah, testosterone and... and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so like, because I'm pretty sure that when Spike decides to kill himself, he could have just called up the Slayer and been like, hey, could you just, for me, you know, yeah. and it would have been done. Yeah. But no, he decides to, to try and like... <laughs> <laughs> fling himself upon a stake yeah. in, in Xander's clothes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> too. And Buffy, so, so Buffy's all, yeah, whatever. <laughs> You'll miss me. Let's get to the fighting part. He says he didn't come to fight. Uh-huh. Buffy's not <laughs> buying that either. <laughs> he says that he was hoping they'd get back together. And Buffy glares at him and he agrees that they should fight. And he goes after her. So what would have happened if she'd said yes? A good question. If she'd said, okay. You give it a try. Yeah. I think he would have just given up on the whole capital thing. Well, we certainly find out later that he wants his own slayer to be his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, I think he probably would have too. Yeah, I think he just would have been like, oh, uh, well, that was easy. Well, I think, um, I think if we use Faith as the example, Faith had Buffy held over the side of the building. It was like, you know, I don't want it to end. I don't, yeah, he totally wouldn't have been able to kill her. I mean, we yeah. see it how many times he can't no, kill yeah. her. Yeah, well, because he loves her. Yep. So I, yeah. yeah. So I mean, if we see that kind of thing, we're see. I'm the kind of I'm the kind of person who would have been like, okay, now what, fucker? Well, because if they, I mean, honestly, if Buffy, if Buffy <laughs> wants to delay him until he can do the spell, she should have said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's also really smart, really not. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Also, it doesn't move the plot forward nearly as well. Would <laughs> be pretty awesome, though. Yeah. <laughs> Call his bluff. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So do you want to do it here? <laughs> right. I mean, you won't lose your soul this time, so we might as well have a lot of extra fun. Yeah. <laughs> then he just takes off the clothes and you take him and run away. Yeah. <laughs> That'll delay him a while. Yeah. It'll definitely. <laughs> In the library, Willow is... Casting phones, I think. Is that what she's doing? Seeing as the spirits are favorable kind of a thing before they start? I think they're runes. Yeah, but I don't know what yeah. that is. Yeah. But I'm guessing it's sort of a seeing mm-hmm. if the weather's good for spells. Yeah. I'm just guessing. It sounds good. Yeah. 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 Uh, Let's go with that. She, she nods to Giles, who opens a book and begins the serious business of Latin in recitation. He begins, Quod perditum est in Vienetur, which means what is lost be found. Willow reads, not dead and you are not of the living spirits of the interregnum, I call. Cordy is being all helpful, too. Uh, Bernie some kind of something. It's, it's sage. Yeah. It's just sage. <laughs> Stinky herbs. Is that yeah. what she calls it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy and Angelus are still fighting. She's trying to stall him, we'll remember, so she isn't trying very hard. This will be important in the second part of this episode. In the library, Kendra is guarding the doors as Willow reads, Let him know the pain of humanity. Gods, reach your wise- wizened hands to me. Give me the sword. And then there are vampires in the library. Eh. <laughs> ah, shit. Someone it's, should have locked that back it's, door. It's just like in When She Was Bad. Yep. <laughs> uh, one of them tackles Xander and Kendra takes on two who come through the door while another one starts beating on Giles. At first, they're doing pretty well against the vampire minions. 
Xander throws a solid elbow and Giles smashes something over the vampire's head. Um, Kendra naturally is doing well. Uh, of, of course she yeah. is. Uh, Willa goes to help Xander and one of the vamps squashes her with a bookcase. Xander's ba- vamp breaks the shit out of his forearm. Like really, really breaks it in half. Yeah. That's both bones. Woo. Uh, if any of us thought that this was somehow going to end all happy and fine, we are quickly reminded which show we are watching. <laughs> <laughs> he does, and uh, so many kudos to him, manage to keep fighting and smash the vampire's face against the railing. Xander is a badass. He's tough. Say anything else you want to about this kid. He's a badass. He's tough. He's yeah. a tough guy. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Giles is doing pretty well. And speaking of tough, uh, against his vampire <laughs> until he gets a lucky shot and knocks him out. Cordy is being menaced by the bookcase vampire, but Xander one-handed throws his at hers and tells her to run. Wisely, she does. Well done, Cordy. This yes. is what you do in this situation. <laughs> uh, Kendra is still doing well. She takes her vampire, but she isn't able to get the stake out fast enough and it dusts. She reaches for Mr. Pointy, but shit. Yeah. And God damn it! Didn't any of you knuckleheads tell Kendra where the extra stakes are? Like, they're probably in those boxes in the cage with books written all over them. Yeah. Why wouldn't you tell the Slayer where the stakes are? She's supposed to have honed. <laughs> you can't hone on where stakes are. They're wood. <laughs> well, she was sharpening them that one time. I know. But she doesn't know where they are Her now. Was. That was months ago. She doesn't yes, know it's true. Yeah. Like, Kendra, here's the extra weapons. Like, mm-hmm. and that, that's, you know, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but she is a slayer. Even without a, without a stake, she pulls the vampire off of an unconscious Giles and throws him through the window to Giles' office. She immediate, is immediately tackled by another. Both Buffy and Angelus are trying to stall each other. I'm thinking breaking his legs might have been the way to go here, Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> Angelus stops and calls her out on stalling him. He says... Uh, he's going to take his marbles and go home. And then she threatens him with Mr. Pointy. She says she wants to finish it, and he laughs. He seems amused by the Mr. Pointy thing, Yeah, too. a little bit. And then it segues <laughs> right into his, him laughing at her. Yeah. Uh, he tells her she never learns. And in case we forgot, we are reminded that Angela saw everything Angel saw. He saw what happened and when she was bad, when Buffy got lured away from the library and, uh, by Absalom and the Anointed One and took her friend, who took her friends. Um... He tells her it wasn't about her, and Buffy remembers when she was bad immediately. Her reaction is very, oh, holy fucking cocksucking shitballs. And, (laughs) (laughs) And she sprints off towards the school. He yells after her that she falls for it every single time. Well, to be fair, I think it's only happened twice. Also... Angel clowns her judgment, and look who's talking, Mr. Hubris. <laughs> You'll have time to reflect on that while bu- both Buffy in the next episode and Faith in a few years kick the shit out of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Poor Xander holds his arm and tr- watches helplessly as Kendra tries to take on a ton of vampires without a stake. And then, adding injury to injury, one of them knocks him out, and he probably falls right on his broken arm. Mm-hmm. Ow. Kendra is doing really well, though, and then... Oh, shit. Shit, shit, and double shit. The worst possible thing happens. Drusilla steps into the library. She tells the vampire minions to back off and gestures to Kendra that she wants to fight. Kendra takes a couple of really good shots, but this is why Drew is so scary. She doesn't fight often, but she's one of the best fighters we ever see on this show. Well, we see the scary vampires that we don't want fighting Buffy back off from her when she's upset. There is a reason. 
Drusilla doesn't get a lot of chance to fight. Really? Yeah, she doesn't need to. Everyone's so scared of her. She never yeah, gets down. Exactly. Like, I think that's why she's so excited to run into a slayer mm-hmm. and is doing the little finger thing. Absolutely. Where it's like, and, and she actually, she doesn't hypnotize her right away. She doesn't thrall her right away. She wants to fight. Yeah. yeah. Mix it up. And I mean, Kendra was able to fight multiple vampires on her own without a stake. And she, so she's really good. We have seen that. But mm-hmm. for Drew, this is nothing. This yeah. is like Neo in the Matrix where he's just in one <laughs> hand and he's just like batting away. <laughs> Fighting a Slayer isn't even a challenge for her, and it stands out so much that I think it lends even more evidence to Drew being a potential Slayer before she was turned. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Like, I am so on board with uh-huh. this theory. Like, I mean, this is such an easy fight. Mm-hmm. And that the ritual that she had where she got her health back does not account for this at all. No. She is really... this. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. And poor Buffy is trying her damnedest to get there, and Kendra gets a decent kick on Drew, but it's over. Drusilla has Kendra by the throat and backs her up effortlessly into the desk. She tells Kendra to look at her, to be in her eyes, to be in her. And Kendra tries to resist, but this is Drusilla, so she's helpless. Plus, the way she says it, I mean... <clears throat> hard to resist, is what I'm going You're to say. You're saying you'd, you'd be throat slashed in no time. Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm an idiot for women, so... <laughs> And uh, and quite a few folks have called this scene out for its seductive same-sex subtext. Uh, Kendra has been, as we mentioned, dressed in Faith's television butcher wardrobe during this visit in Sunnydale as well. So there's a decent amount of coding to support that theory. Drusilla has laid a whammy of a thrall on Kendra, and Drew sways back and forth, and Kendra follows her back and forth in a trance as Drew watches her in delight. Buffy is still sprinting her ass off, vaulting over benches and who knows what else, and she almost makes it. Drew slices through Kendra's throat with her nails, and Kendra grabs at the wound and sinks to the floor. Drew bids her night-night with a little air kiss, and tells her minions that they should get what they came for. They pick up Giles by his arms and drag him out of the library. Buffy runs through the door of the the school and down the hall. Whistler voices over that bottom line is, even if you see him coming, you're not ready for the big moments. No one asks for their life to change. Not really, but it does. True enough. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy slams her way through the library doors and surveys the damage. Then, then she sees Kendra and runs to her side, falling to her knees and feeling for a pulse. Whistler continues, so what are we? Helpless? Puppets? No. The big, big moments are going to come. You can't help that. It's what you do afterwards that counts. That's when you find out who you are. Realizing that Kendra is dead, Buffy touches her face gently. Then someone cocks a gun behind her and yells at her to freeze, and Buffy whirls around. As we go to credits, Whistler leaves us. And he's going to become part of the next episode instead of being in a flashback. Yes. <laughs> and he bookmarks the episode with, you'll see what I mean. And I start experiencing some kind of Pavlovian tear duct ninja onion cutting <laughs> response when I, because I know it's only an episode away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, quite an episode. Yes, almost four hours worth of ours. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It'll probably be cut down from that, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's, and the next one's going to be even more epic because mm-hmm. this is just the foreplay. Yes. Yep. This is all of our setup and our lead up. We haven't gotten into the major costume shifts. Yeah. We the... haven't gotten into the major plot movements. This is all the chess pieces just getting on the board. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Do we have anything else we want to talk about about this one? I don't think we have anything left. Yep. 
Nope. And uh, like we said before, um, just a reminder, uh, gone are the days when we could put two halves of a two-part episode into one episode of the podcast, because we are how many hours into this one? Yeah, and... you guys are lucky we're not turning this into a four-parter. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. And we, we can't have like six-gig <laughs> podcast episodes. So here we end the part one of Becoming, and we will be continuing with, as you may expect, uh, part two of Becoming next yes. time. Yes, we will. And then after that, we will probably take a one-week break. And then we will be back with you. We'll remind you next time as well. Um, yeah. So just go ahead and uh, and feel free to stagger these out. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> it's a little Take bit. Take breaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, we would love to hear from you. We're still looking at putting together um, some kind of gentle listener, uh, you know, compendium of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I would. I would love to have enough to have a quarterly newsletter coming out that is uh, basically just a magazine from you guys mm-hmm. with very little from us. Um, so like, seriously, this is publishing credits. We will give you publishing credits. We are a legitimate website and a legitimate business. Um, yeah, so we can help you get that going. Please, please, please email us. I will edit your stuff. I will run the edits by you. Um, yeah. So info at diogenesclubpodcast.com. Uh, please send me anything, anything at all. Nice. And tell your friends. Yeah. (laughs) Very nice. Excellent. Yeah. Yep. We done. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is, after all, the Dodgers Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Becoming. <laughs> it's not his show. <laughs> <laughs>